crazy talk. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Crazy Talk. It feels good to be back. It actually feels like it's been a while since we've done an episode. This is your host, KYT, along with your co-hosts, Frank, John, and... Special guest, Robert Anderson today. What's up? Right. Well, I think we're missing someone. Yeah, we're missing Alex. So, unfortunately, uh, Alex will not be joining us. Um, we got a lot of feedback on the last cast, and, uh, you know, we have to do what's best for the show. So, um, unfortunately, I, unless Alex can, you know, change his attitude, <laughs> I think that I think that we have to just uh, try to wing it with the three of us, KYT. What do you think? I guess well, he'll he'll be missed, and I mean, it's kind of weird that we start episode one with me envisioning the cast as Alex, Frank, and I, and we just had you as a guest, and now we we've decided to basically put you in his spot and kick him out. So well, kind of terrible. They're they're big shoes to fill, you know, and I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to level up my game and try to be try to be thinking like Alex would think, you know. Well, yeah, we, yeah, you're 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 gonna have to be way more analytic and uh, and smart. You're gonna have to keep your mom out of the show too now. Yeah, because if I if I make a joke about my mom, it's just gonna be against myself. <laughs> exactly. Has your mom ever been a guest on the show? I missed a few episodes. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> okay. She's been a constant presence. So, anyways, uh, we hope that we made the right decision, guys, and uh, just chime in with your feedback on this episode. Let us know what you think, and uh, let's get to let's get to Rob. You know, he's been sitting in the shadows here and hasn't had a chance to talk. So, All right. How's... Well, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Rob Anderson. Uh, I've played on more pro tours than I can count, uh, <laughs> namely two, and uh, I've been playing Legacy a while. I've Bought a lot and sold a lot. I mean, I, I currently work uh, at Face to Face Games, um, where we hold tournaments, uh, legacy tournaments every Tuesday, as well as uh, a lot of weekend events and things like that. I've always been following the format. I uh, do also really like uh, limited and standard and everything. So uh, I'm really psyched about going to Providence, but still haven't really thought of a deck. And uh, hopefully, we can clear up a lot of the stuff uh, in our chat today. <laughs> All right, we'll get you set straight, Rob. <laughs> we start off the show with our guests asking him five questions that we call the five. So, Robert, are you ready? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Question one, how did you get into Legacy? Um, basically, just uh, at face-to-face games. It was actually probably through Alex, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, Alex and I sort of met at a very old card store called Quantum, which closed down, and uh, he introduced me to -to face-to-face, and then uh, we went there, and uh, I sort of got exposed to all the formats gradually. I already kind of had a grasp on standard, but then uh, I uh, really liked uh, the format, but I really hated a few cards, uh, namely Sensei's Divining Top and uh, brainstorm just slowing everything down but uh <laughs> it's been uh it's a really awesome format once you get past uh you know the dying on turn one sometimes and things like that but uh yeah hopefully uh the format will sort of regulate itself in a way that's fair and uh, not boring how, how many with, times with have you been uh, killed on turn one Oh, God, more times than I can, like, remember. Like, at least Belcher, Ad Nauseam. I've even, like, died. I, like, 
turn one thought sees an ad nauseum player. His hand was all mana and ad nauseum. I take the ad nauseum, then he just draws his second one off the top and kills me. Like, it's just retarded sometimes. But, like, you know, it, it's, it happens, and you just gotta, like, get over it. Frank? Yeah, yeah, with, with, uh, now with, like, what they're saying, uh, mental misstep is, is, uh, is supposed to slow it down a little bit, according to experts. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna hope that's gonna, that's what's gonna happen a little bit. Question two, Rob. Yep. What's your favorite magic card and why? My favorite magic card. Uh, can I say island? Or <laughs> yeah. You can't say island because you were just talking smack about brainstorm. So uh... true. Okay, I'm gonna say Demir House Guard. Uh, I like that card. Uh, the first like tournament that I ever actually did well at was uh, a regionals tournament where I was playing a black white control deck, which was probably not the greatest, but I just love the versatility of Demir House Guard um, being able to transmute for a lot of fun cards in my deck. I had Ivory Mask. I even played uh, the Hondans, the white and black Hondans, and uh, some other stuff. It's really fun in EDH. There's so many great cards that you can find. Just find Wrath of Gods, or I mean, if you're playing a, a Doran deck like Harmonize, really like just find everything that you need. And it's always really funny when you're resorted to hard casting it to beat down because it just sort of shows that you're completely out of gas in your deck. And, uh, yeah, I'd have to give the nod to the house guard. Not Calcite Snapper? Well, there's a special place in my heart for Calcite Snapper, <laughs> but, like, they really, uh, the whole Squadron Hawk thing really uh, took took the wind out of his sails. Like, I can't really play my land and beat down for four anymore because we'll just trade with a hawk, and that's just awful. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Calcite Snapper is a card uh, in other formats. I always try to put him in my sideboard because it totally catches people off guard. I played him in Pro Tour Amsterdam in the sideboard of my Pyromancer Ascension deck and totally, like, beat down another Pyro player. Like, he was trying to go off, and I was just, like, playing aggro and just killed him with three snappers, and it was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Question three, what would you like to be known for in the magic community, and why should we care? Uh, I would like to be known by some sort of epic top deck. Like, I want to have no outs. Well, I want to have one out. <laughs> no but like, It's still top deck. Like, I don't want to be known for, like, skill. Because, like, there's a lot of players that are known for their skill. Like, who cares, right? Like, okay, so they're really good. I want to be known as, like, the guy who's just, like, so damn lucky and everybody's just, like, must be nice, like, all the time. You know, that would be awesome. I, I want to I win, like, a Grand Prix or a Pro Tour playing completely horribly, and I want it to be on G's Live and everybody watching it in the chat being like, oh, my God, this guy is so bad. That would be amazing. I think that's the best answer yet. Yeah, that's the best answer. <laughs> question three. Oh, man. Got to compose myself here. Um, question four. You're going to get into a bar fight, and you can pick one member of the Magic community to get your back. Who's your pack one, pick one? Oh, this is tough. I mean, uh, for for sheer, uh, I mean, it depends on on who everybody knows. But I would I would probably go with Alex. Actually, like <laughs> he's been hitting the gym, he's been uh, moving his weight around to the right places, and uh, like he's also got the right amount of crazy. Like you know, if if he's got a 
bash a bottle over somebody's face and stab him in the throat. Like he's he's the guy who could get it done. I think. Uh, I don't think anybody like I'd say like you know Dave Schneier is a big guy and uh, but he's just too uh, I don't know he's too docile and uh, wouldn't wouldn't you know get his fists up when he needed to. I think. Wow. <laughs> it's like Alex never left this cast. Yeah, all, yeah. all this. All this talk about stabbing people in the throat makes me wonder if we should have fired him or not. I don't know. <laughs> well, lucky for you, Jonathan, you won't be in Providence to have to face him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. He's probably it would have been right. awkward a little bit, like you looking at each other. <laughs> him looking a- at my man boobs. like <laughs> Your mom standing there. <laughs> Again with the moms. <laughs> we yeah. were supposed to cut that down. We were supposed to stop that. I thought when Alex left, the moms the moms are going to be left out of this. What do you think of Mother of Runes? I, I think I fucked up. <laughs> I love Mother of Runes. Yeah. Frank it's a, it's is, a good one drop, I think. Frank's taking some of the uh, mom joke responsibility, I guess. <laughs> yeah, now it's going to be me and Frank. Me and Frank are going to start fighting. And then we're gonna have to fire yeah, the, him. Too. The thing is, like, my mom recently had a cancer, so, so yeah, you, if you make jokes about her, it's it's just gonna be bad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> True. Yeah, that's why I stay away from those jokes, you know. Um, question five, John. All Take right, I got a question for you, Robert. Yep. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? In anything. Yeah, in anything, man. Did I say what's the craziest magic thing you've ever done? No, the craziest thing. Fuck, I don't really do too many crazy things. I guess be- uh, going across town to meet two <laughs> chicks that I met on the internet when I was like 14 by myself, that was pretty crazy, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, fuck. No, I'm, not, I'm not a very crazy person. I just sort of like play a lot of video games and spend a lot of time online. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> hey, once I clicked on one of those uh, I want a free iPad things, said I was the one millionth person, and I like clicked on it. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Yeah. Did, I didn't did actually win an it? iPad, though. I was pretty disappointed. Oh, they're always trying to scam you, eh? Well, I gave them my credit card number, so hopefully my iPad will arrive shortly. <laughs> um. Frank, anything else you would like to ask Rob before uh, I talk to him about his Tuesday night experience? No, no, we can we can go right into that. Okay, so one of the more, I guess, innovative decks, looking decks, that came from SCG um, Orlando was um, Metalworker uh, by a few people, and we saw the inclusion of Karn, which got Medina extremely excited, right? <laughs> Oh, man, I was pumped. <laughs> so, Rob, you played, uh, I think, did you net deck Ollie's and Drysy's list, or just one of the, no, the top eight No, it was the list? other one. It was the top eight list. Okay. I, I kind of wanted the main deck Chalices. I thought people were going to be playing the uh, the Mono Blue uh, Jerry T deck, and I think Chalice at one like, is pretty painful for that deck, so I kind of wanted to play a couple of the main. So how how did you feel about the deck? How did you do with it? Um, I did the worst I've ever done in a Tuesday Night Legacy tournament. And, uh, the deck, to be honest, I thought it was terrible. Uh, 
I, it, it's funny because like I've, I've been, I, I looked at it and I thought, wow, this deck looks really cool and innovative and interesting and all this stuff. And, uh, I read the article and, and, and Ali says some stuff like, oh, it's, it's perfectly reasonable to be able to play Karn on turn two. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, have you played your own deck? Like, I guess, he must have some sort of epic way of shuffling or something, because, like, the the deck plays, like, all these Mox Diamonds and very few lands. Every time I had a Mox Diamond in my opening hand, I only had one land. Like, every time. And even if you have two, like, sometimes... I've, I've seen some pretty nuts hands. Like, the deck does have the potential to explode. And it's really funny, because um, I was talking to... Uh, uh, D-Mac, Dan McDonald, and he was telling me how he was testing Affinity, and I, uh, built the deck on Moto, and then I hop in the, in the two-man queue, first deck, first guy I go against goes Mox Diamond, discard Wasteland, Mox Diamond, discard Wasteland, um, Mox Opal, tap three, Metal Worker, and then next turn, kills me with the Staff of Dominance. Both games. It was, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you know, I played this, this deck for five or four rounds yesterday, and I couldn't do anything. I find that the deck has a lot of matchups that you just can't beat. I mean, now uh, there was a guy playing a friggin' homebrew infect deck featuring um, Glistener Elf and Blighted Agent and Livewire Lash and uh, all these other uh, <laughs> good cards. And uh, he just destroyed me. Uh, I just couldn't do anything. Like, I even got a Staff of Domination out, and I couldn't friggin' tap down his guy, because I was at eight poison counters, and he had a friggin' Livewire Lash on it, and I couldn't target it. So, uh, I tried to do it anyways to see if it would notice, if he'd notice, but he actually <laughs> didn't know how his cards worked, so uh, I lost that game. <laughs> but I mean, Christ, like, the deck is so clunky. You got four Worm Coils, you've got Karns. I mean, another, another hilarious game was against Joey Smith, where... It was after board. I I literally did turn one. City of Traders tap Grim Monolith tap Trinisphere. He did draw no land discard a Slag Fiend and I lost that game. <laughs> okay, so real quick, have you ever played Stacks? Yes, I played uh, Stacks a few times. I played a uh, uh, mono white uh, Stacks and I played uh, this Quebec mono green Stacks thing. Do, which... do, do you like Do you like Stacks? <laughs> not really like i if you draw like the perfect combination of lands disruption and one big threat then it's fine but i mean this deck it's just so hard to draw that combination of spe of things you're going to draw a mana hand a threat hand or a like quasi pseudo disruption hand like and it's just goes now, way against uh what i like the the thing is like i played this deck too I played it when it had 16 lands. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's basically, there's a local guy who made this deck. Um, his name is Michael Bumhold. Okay. And, and he played it, um, I know the name is funny, huh? <laughs> Sounds like Beavis <laughs> and Butthead. Bumhold. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he played it in, uh, SCG Indy was the first place it showed up on the SCG circuit. And, yep. uh, it was like greedy. It had 16 lands. He got, uh, second place with it. And, um, he's like a master with this deck. So they added a couple lands and they've been tweaking it. Uh, there's different splashes. Like this one's doing the blue splash. Uh, there's a black splash that uses like, um, 
what does it use? It uses something to to fight against high tide. I think it was like um, Neither Void or something. Okay. So, yeah. so um, but like I thought the same. I played the deck when it had sixteen lands. It was the first match. I had a turn two worm coil engine with a lightning greaves, and just destroyed my opponent. And then like second game, same thing. And I was like, man, this deck is awesome. So like the rest of the day, I just like failed to draw anything and like just like just totally got blown out of games all day, all day long. <laughs> so like I was, I had the same like feeling that you did after playing it. I'm like, man, this deck is garbage. Um, but like this guy and his crew, they play this deck all the time and they came to a local GPT and there was like two of them in top eight with it. And, uh, and now there's like two in the top 16 here. So I think to actually be successful with this deck, yes, you have to get a little bit lucky, but you also have to play it like a master. And, uh, I seen Mike, I seen Mike playing it a certain way. Like he had stuff in his hand and I'm thinking in my head, like, why is he not like dropping all this stuff, you know? And, uh, like as the game played out, like he, he won the match that I was watching, but it was, you know, it was really smart the way that he was playing it. So I think, I think the deck is not total garbage, but it's, uh, it takes a certain kind of skill and a certain kind of person to play it. We're talking about Metalworker? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, because this well, is basically re- the, it's the Kadatha Forge Master deck with Metalworker. Okay. It, it's pretty much the same thing as the Bumhold list because it had, um, it has the Worm Coil engines, the Metalworkers. The only difference is this one runs blue, and it runs Staff of Domination is the big difference. But the the, the Michael Bumhold list ran the same thing, Mirror Bathsphere, Sundering Titan, uh, Lodestone Golems, uh, you know. And then instead of Thoughtcast, they have, like, uh, what's it called, uh, Welders. I think well, we, we, we just lost Rob, I think. Yeah, that's probably why he hasn't been responding. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. I can't, I don't think I can do this cast without Alex, man. I feel like right now he would be like giving so much more insight into like why this deck is not good, you know? Well, I can, I have some things to say about it. Like the, the games that I lost were just totally friggin' like, I, I like I played against a reanimator guy. Who uh, thought sees me? He got my one mere battle sphere, then reanimated it and killed me with it. So I just really had no hope that game. Then uh, later on, luckily, well, it was kind of funny game two. I actually did manage to carn him, which I'd never done before. So I was really happy about that. And uh, it's just I feel like uh, in the game against Joey, where I turn one Trinisphere him, and I just keep drawing things like chalices and Trinispheres and just can't really do anything because I have no threats. I also never resolved the worm coil engine in the entire tournament. I don't really understand. I understand that it's a big artifact beater, but I, it still seems to just die to to, re, to the same sort of removal. So I'm not really sure how the deck is supposed to like run consistently. But I mean, people do seem to be doing okay with it, so it can't be terrible. What what, what was stopping your worm coils, like uh, counter spells and uh, swords, I guess? No, I just died before I could ever play them. Like, against uh, Reanimator, he just, like... Well, oh, another thing is that this person playing Reanimator had four Null Rods in his board. 
if your opponent resolves a null rod, you are dead, period. The deck has no outs to that card, which uh, is a real deal breaker for me. I do not like going to a tournament thinking like, man, if a, my opponent plays this card, I'm just completely dead. So I played Dredge for a long time, then people uh, packed in the Graveyard Hate, and I just really don't like playing decks like that because I will always go against the guy who has the... 12-card sideboard dedicated to my deck and being like, yeah, my my friend plays this all the time at FNM, and, uh, you know, I want to be ready for it, so here we go. <laughs> you know, like, Well, I think I can answer the Worm Coil Engine situation. Um, the reason why it was in the first deck is because of Welder, because you can Welder it in and out, and you get the tokens. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, like, and then, like, if they countered it, then you can just Welder it back. And and it gives you game against like the aggro decks because the aggro start putting the beat down and you have really no way to interact. So then once you stick a worm coil, then it starts slowing the bleeding, and then you can recover. So yeah, like but that, when you think about it, like what aggro decks? We're in a format where aggro has been destroyed by mental misstep, effectively. Like, I yeah, I mean this format has been around for what a week. I mean there was aggro decks when this deck first came out. And that's why yeah. the worm coil, and there was, there was welders in it. So, like, now I think they just took that shell and then said, let's add blue for Thoughtcast. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the deck needs a bit of work, but at the same time, uh, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, in, the, in the new legacy format, I'm seeing a resurgence of decks trying to be as explosive as possible to stop the, the late game power of these blue control decks. We're, we're seeing completely messed up decks like Infect with all these uh, free pump spells and perks, <laughs> and we're seeing all in Molten Steel Dragon decks. And like, the, this Metalworker deck to me is, is kind of a, an, another, another example of a deck that seems to go all in in these situations. And, uh, you know, we were also talking about uh, Hypergenesis and uh, decks that are trying to, to cheat their way around Mental Misstep and, and win in different ways rob I, I overheard you make a comment about the uh star city games uh circuit <laughs> you're like is everybody just terrible <laughs> well yeah i mean if you've got the same people winning all the time with decks that we test like this mono blue jerry t concoction we we played like 10 matches against merfolk and like could not like the deck could not beat merfolk and it, it just seems like these people are either dodging, like they're getting dream matchups, or they're going against terrible players. I mean, uh, and when you get decks like this Metalworker deck, I don't understand how you can do consistently well enough to win a tournament, dodging null rods and dodging like other people with packing lots of hate and like getting just these really good draws, like turn one Metalworkering every time. I I just don't see it, to be honest. Well, if you have a creature, Null Rod doesn't really matter, right? Well, okay, if you got a Worm Coil engine, but you have to keep in mind, most of your lands will not tap for mana. Okay, not most, but like some of your lands won't tap for mana. Your Monoliths, your Moxes, they don't tap for mana. Uh, if you, yeah, if you get a Worm Coil out and your opponent is a Null Rod, but he's got quite a lot of time to, to set up what he needs to set up. Uh, but, this is yeah. we're talking about, and this is this is another what one thing I really noticed with this deck is uh, player draw is is a huge huge deal. Um, if if your opponent has null rod and he's on the play, like you're you're done. Like you, there's really <laughs> nothing you can do. 
unless you like completely nut out uh, a Karn or something, draw all your traitors in ancient tombs. Like I just don't know <laughs> what you're gonna do, really. John, any last uh, thoughts? Yeah, I just uh, I think like. I don't even know how to respond to all that. I mean, he, he even said that he tested the Jerry T list and he couldn't win a game against Merfolk. He tested this list and he couldn't win a game. I mean, part of me is saying, well, maybe it's the <laughs> tester, man. I don't know. Like, I'm just going to say it. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. <laughs> who who it, are you it, playing against? <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't actually do the testing with the mono blue deck, but I was watching. It was... uh I think it was it was Alex against uh, Hair or something. I don't know. Like, all right, I rest my case. <laughs> no, Dave Schneer was playing Merfolk and like crushing him, or it, maybe it was Eugene Ho. Like, it wasn't it wasn't like some masterful, you know, Merfolk player. But it just looks like. But I mean, I've I've played Legacy a lot and I've won my share of events. I mean, I know how the format works. I know how to like not brainstorm when you have. Fetch land when you like have uncracked uh, when you like don't crack a fetch land and then brainstorm and stuff like that you know like it's uh, I think that th- there's just a huge level of consistency with these decks and uh, and a lot of variance. I I think I think this falls like into like the type of deck that can be really powerful, but like the the strategy itself is pretty narrow. Like I, I was playing uh Dragon Stompy is that kind of deck, you know, that's that's the one I was playing. And uh and I think those decks, you know, like the guys that always play them, like they will start to see like the line of play that like just picking it up, like you might not uh like you might not see it at first. But like if you really practice it a lot, then uh you can you can get that extra percentage and and start like to win these tighter games, you know where you don't yeah, but have I didn't have like throw. the games I lost were not tight, like they were just complete blowouts. <laughs> like uh, I don't care like if God Himself is is playing this deck, like, you're not you can't win if you just draw like chalices and trinospheres and then your opponent like plays a frog might and attacks you ten times. Like doesn't matter how good of a player you are, like it's just a question of variance, and when your opponent like goes turn one Lotus Petal Plague Stinger, turn two Invigorate the shit out of his thing and kill you, like it's not like a misplayed, like it's just a deck that's vulnerable to explosive strategies. Well, you could have probably Mulligan then, maybe, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like last week, it reminds me of we. I mentioned how. I was looking for that consistent, you know, powerful deck, and most of the most powerful decks are inconsistent. So I wonder if I'm looking for that type of deck, what exactly am I looking for? Um, like, because there's many of them out there, right, Rob? So how do I go about choosing something like, you know, show and tell this? How do I decide which one I want? I mean, if I want a consistent deck, obviously I'd play something more like Merfolk or, or something else. Start off with Brainstorm, Force of Will, and Misstep, and go from there. Like, I'm pretty sure that the deck I play in Providence is going to have those cards, because having access to a card like Brainstorm, and even Top, will make your your play skill rewarded much more than just like, oh, let's just hope this Metal Worker gets there, you know, or, or let's hope this Plague Stinger gets there. Like, it's just that kind of 
if you want to play a consistent deck, you you are pretty much restricted to playing blue. I find if you want a strategy that is effective. But if I want to choose an inconsistent but powerful deck, how like which is the best? I know it's yeah, it's or I know how it's kind of hard. Find the best? Yeah, how do you yeah how do you decide? Because like there's many of them. Like you have um, this one, you have like I said. Um, show and tell, you have, I'm guessing reanimator is well, sort of... reanimator is a little bit different because there's a lot more of a control aspect to that deck. But I mean, if, if you just want to like play lottery, like just honestly, I see no problem with picking up, uh, infect or, uh, a stupid like molten steel deck. Like honestly, just goldfish the hell out of it, figure out and just, just... Prey gets there. Like, I've, I've seen people, like this Infect guy, just attacking into people with white mana open and just blowing his load. And, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if he doesn't have swords, like, good job, you win. Like, but if he does, then you lose. And if you if you like playing magic like that and waiting 58 minutes before every round because, like, your rounds just take that long, like, go for it. Just play something like that. Like, I think Show and Tell, because it plays you know, brainstorms and has a little bit more interactivity. You actually have to test against players, but these explosive decks, I think you can just you can just play by yourself and uh, just pretend that you have an opponent and that he just doesn't have what he needs. Like that's your strategy, right? It's just hoping he doesn't have what he needs and just mulligan aggressively and get there. <laughs> yeah, I think the hypergenesis deck that we were talking about before the cast is uh that one seems pretty uh, pretty powerful. I mean, give, I'd give that a shot, you know. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into more in depth about that deck later. Uh, so Rob, you mentioned an Infect deck player, and I think um, he played some one of my friends in round one. I forget who on Tuesday. That would be me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Alex? <laughs> Psych! Oh man! Oh, I told you not to we... come here no more, Alex. <laughs> Does that mean I'm not the new replacement for Alex? <laughs> Definitely not, homeboy. I mean, we can't we can't replace Alex with someone who doesn't mulligan, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, that's what this is. Oh, that's kind of harsh, kind of harsh. So, Alex, you played. What did you play? You played Elves last night, and you I, played... I played... Um, I was playing Elf Combo, yes. Uh, list courtesy of Jay Rich, a uh, friend of... friend of most of ours, except for John, you know? Because John doesn't have friends, he just has fanboys, right? That's right. <laughs> and my fanboys were out in force, maybe. <laughs> they were. They were. It's quite a destructive and, force. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was good. That, that was, was good. Good, good timing. you played against... Uh, who is now deemed the... That's not funny guy by me in round one. Yeah, I actually didn't check his name either, but, you know, I recognized his face, and wow, wow. I don't know if I've ever played against a more annoying opponent. Yeah, I, I second like, that. Like, I'm playing Elk Pump, okay? So, like, I win the die roll. You know, I, I, I fetch for a forest and play an Edel Sentinel. And, you know, he plays a... He, he plays, he's mumbling, oh, this is so bad, you know, like... You know, I, you know, then he like picks up my force to read. He's like, I don't like this artwork. And he looks at my metal sentinel and is like, oh, this card's interesting. And like all this before he's like done anything. And then he plays his, his, his bayou and he's like, glistening elf. 
<laughs> and he, then he like shuffles his cards in his head. He's like, go. And then I'm like, okay, attack with Nettle Sentinel, play another Nettle Sentinel, ready to go off next turn with my Heritage Druid Glimpse, etc. You know, if you know how Elves works. And both my Nettle Sentinels are untapped, you know, in case he attacks me. So I can probably survive the turn. So he, on his turn, he, you know, draws his card. He says, oh, this is so terrible. I'm so, <laughs> so unlucky. And he's like, invigorate, you gain three life. And then he plays this black card, like, you know, can pay two life if you control a swamp creature. Browse. To browse, okay? And uh, he says, okay, so it's 7-7, uh, seven, seven, like 7-5. I'm like, oh, wait, no. Uh, oh, yeah, 7-5. Okay, um, uh, berserk. That makes it uh, four, 14, 14, no, uh, like, attack you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> and, uh, all right, go to game two. And then we're in between games. We're, we're sideboarding, and the guy, like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm kind of new to Legacy, and I don't really know how things go. Do you think this card, I should bore this card in against you? And he shows me Engineered Plague. I'm like... <laughs> You know, if for those of you who don't know, Engineered Plagues and Enchantment, it gives a chosen creature type of yours minus one, minus one forever. <laughs> so that that's pretty good against Elf Combo, I found. I don't know. <laughs> I oh, but it fucks, up, it fucks up his Glistener Elf, though. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it does, but, uh, I mean, I don't think he was considering that. So he's like, you know, so do you think I should board this in or not? And I'm like, uh, what do I say here? Because if I say, like, if I snap, I say no, right? He's definitely going to board it in, which is not what I really want. Like, knowing, say, the, like, like knowing the guy, like, if you say, <laughs> like, whatever you say, you're going to get screwed, I think. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was drafting with him, and he, he he's down to, like, he's next to me. He has, like, two cards left. He's like, which one do you want? I say this one, it gives me the other one. <laughs> Exactly. So that's that's the conundrum I'm in. So what do you guys think you answer there? Like I think you just answer honestly. Yeah, you say uh, yes that I would board them in. Well, or you be really sarcastic and say, "Hmm, I'm running an elf deck, and <laughs> uh, is, he's you only can seen two nettle sentinels in a forest." Come on, I mean, <laughs> what are you running, really, nettle sentinel aggro? <laughs> he's never seen. He's clearly. By the way, he played. He clearly has never seen either of the Metal Sentinel before. I, I think he's new to Legacy. You just be honest, dude. You know, it's Tuesday night. It's not a GP. Oh, you. True. What you can do is you can answer his question with a question like, <laughs> "Can I pee in your mouth after the game?" You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I only know one person who can with that. Uh, <laughs> can't. Well, How'd you can't your second game go? What? How'd your second game go? Well, okay, wait, I, I'm, so I'm finishing up the sideboarding time, okay? Because this was entertaining. So, I decide, you know, if I say no, then he's for sure going to bring them in. If I say yes, I think he's also going to bring them in because he's going to believe me. So I'm like, I don't know, what do you think? Maybe you should board them in. And he's like... Hmm. He's like, I'm gonna keep my deck as it is, and he clearly is not shuffling them in, so he's just shuffling up his deck. I'm like, yes. And so, uh, so we go to go to game two, and uh, you know, he 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 mulligans. I I keep my hand. It's uh, pretty solid, you know, pretty solid hand. Not not fantastic, but it's got you know, it's got it's gonna have plenty of blockers and uh, should be able to win relatively quickly. And so he goes, uh, he. 
he draws, he forgets to draw for his first turn and plays an Ink Moth Nexus. And I'm like, uh, you have to you draw first, dude. And so he, he's like, oh, thanks. And, he, you know, he draws his card and like, oh, this is so bad, this is so bad. <laughs> you know, he like he keeps mumbling, you know, how terrible his hand is. And so then he decides to play Bayou and play Glistener Elf. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, uh, so I, I attack him and keep, uh, keep a, I have a guy back to block, you know. And, uh, I, an elvish visionary, whatever. And so, you know, he says, oh, you know, I've, man, I screwed up last turn. Can I take it back? I'm like, I've already done my turn, dude. Like, you want me to let you take back, like, your whole turn? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, a guy comes by and is like, you can't even do that. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's going a little too far. So, you know, so he, he, anyways, he draws his card. He's like, okay, invigorate, berserk. <laughs> Attack you. I'm like, okay, uh, block with my Elvish Visionary, go to nine poison. And he's like, Ink Moth Nexus, Lotus Petal, go. So basically, if he'd play the Ink Moth Nexus turn one, he would have just killed me turn two. Wow. So then I, at this point, I, you know, I'm, I'm not drawing dead. I still have some outs. I could draw some, you know, there's a, if I draw a Nettle Sentinel, I just go off. But I don't. So I, I green sun zenith for find Viridian Zealot, but I only have I only have one mana left open, so I have to just hope that he doesn't realize that he can just activate Igmoth Nexus and attack me. Mm-hmm. And so he like and his turn he's like, oh man, oh man, this is so bad, this is so bad, you know. And like, oh, you know. And then he like, you know, some guy, a friend of his, goes by behind him. He's like, oh yeah, you see this card, man? It's my backup plan. I'm like, oh crap, what the hell can it be? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's like, um, I'll activate Ink Moth Nexus. Oh, man, what do you have? What do you have? Oh, it's so... Um, oh. oh and he, then he finally attacks me in Ink Moth Nexus. I'm like, yeah, he got it. And he's like, oh, look what I had. I had a live wire lash. It's my backup plan because my deck's not too all in. I'm like, okay, dude. Good luck for the next round. <laughs> and then and then he smashed Robert in the next round, right? No, that was, that was the last round. He was 1-2 oh, at man. that point, having only beat Alex and... Uh, <laughs> so my question is, Alex, how how relevant, not relevant, uh, viable is an infect deck if it was able to kill you? Like, probably turn two twice, and it beat Rob, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you, I think the thing is you have to consider is how, why would you play that deck over, let's say, Belcher or Ant? Like, okay. I mean, first of all, he has to have the specific combination of cards that's Mana Source, Glistener Elf, Berserk, Invigorate. Like, that's already four specific cards. Like, none of those cards can be other cards. Okay. Well, so. thanks for that feedback, Robert. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, if you don't know, you are starting to sound robot-y due to a lag from, from one of us or what whatever. Um, so, <laughs> so we'll try to continue and hopefully Rob can join us again via non-robot. So, so I was so talking, like, Alex. You need to have, like, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, like the land, the land, you know, can be, can... <laughs> <laughs> you just keep getting interrupted by E.T. <laughs> Settle down, C-3PO. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> He's like... <laughs> I'm have to kick him out. knows like 1,300 languages, okay? It's yeah, that's R2-D2. And now he is gone.
Oh, man. All right. Okay, so, uh, Alex, I just wanted to ask... Well, Rob is pretty polite, so, like, that's why I called him C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I was talking about earlier how, you know, how do you choose between uh, all these inconsistent, powerful decks, and, and it seems like you uh, like are comparing them, right? You're saying uh, you don't play, in fact, you'd rather play Ant or... Um, what's that other one you mentioned? Belcher. Belcher, if right. You're gonna, if you're going to play an, a non-interactive game whatsoever where you're going to hope your opponent cannot do anything about what you're trying to do, then what you, Belcher's by far the best deck because it's like one of the most consistent turn one kill machines like ever. Like, that deck kills turn one, like, some ridiculous portion of the time against no disruption. And, like, like you know, either... Sometimes, you know, all you do is, like, empty the warrens for, like, 12 or whatever on turn one. It's like, oh, man, you know, like, it's pretty unlikely your opponent's going to kill you after you empty the warrens for 12 on turn one. Like, and very often you're just going to belcher them to the face, you know? Just be like, your face! You got belched! <laughs> So you don't see any potential in, in Infect? I mean, no. Like, even you just compare it to Ant, right? Let's say you have, like, you have to have three specific cards in the Infect deck. Well, in the Ant deck, you have to have, let's say you have Dark Ritual, like, you know, uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, Infernal Tutor, like, pretty much any other cards you have in your hand, you're just going to you're gonna kill them turn one. Like, you have to have, like, you know, a land, like, what... And often, you know, you have duress, you, you can, like, wait them out, you have other plans of attack, you know? Whereas the Infect deck, like, not only you're dying to any, like, counter spell, but, like, any removal spell, and even blockers can be annoying. And you have no card selection whatsoever, right? You're, like, not seeing any extra cards, you're not drawing any cards in any way. Like, an Infect deck I would consider trying is the one for the Star City, the blue-green one. Because then you actually get to play, like, blue cards, which, as Rob was saying earlier in the cast before, I hopped on. And, uh, that, like, basically playing Brainstorm increases your consistency, because you can, you know, Brainstorm away your bad cards, and then fetch to shuffle them away. And you get access to Mental Misstep and Daze, so, like, if your opponent has an answer, you can interact with that, rather than the black-green version that this guy was playing, the, that's not funny! Guy, <laughs> you know, like, he, you know, he, while he's attacking for, like, you know, hoping to win, his hand's got, like, two more pump spells, a live war lash, and, like, an, a plague stinger or something. You know, I'd r much rather have, like, Daze, Mental Misstep, Force of Will or something, you know, as my cards in when I'm, like, attacking for lethal. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's awesome yeah, to have it's, you back, Rob. Like, I think, I think also, like, uh, all these combat tricks, you know, like, they're, like, they're not even good, like, in... In normal, like, constructed games, you know, like, it's, you have to, like, there's too much of a chance that you get two for one, you know, when, when you play a pump spell. Yeah, if either of us were playing swords or something, it would have been completely different. But, I mean, against me, it was just, it was just hilarious the way that this guy talks, because he was just like, he, like, vines of the vast woods without kicker, his, uh, plague stinger, and then he, like, I, so I clearly don't have any sort of response, and then he like thinks for like two minutes, and it's just like, oh my god, what do you have? What do you have? Like, do you have something? He's like, okay, uh, I'm just gonna invigorate, berserk, and attack. Like, <laughs> all right, like, yep. And and then like turn, and then game two, I play Chalice for one on turn one, and he's like, 
oh, like, I hate decks like yours, like, we just want to play, and you're stopping us from playing, you're like a father who molests his son, I'm like, <laughs> I know, this kid is, like, is totally like that, like, he, he complains about everything, he's like, oh man, I can't yeah. believe I'm only attacking for 14 travel, in fact, like, I'm so unlucky, like, wow, you know, my deck is so much better, I should be attacking for 16 travel, in fact. Like, I can't believe your deck's playing elves. It's so unfair. And, like, I hate your forest card. It looks so ugly. Like, Man, you played a chalice for one. I'm still going to kill you. You know, like... Well, this guy is is obviously a character. Um, yeah. You know, we I have him on the show. Yeah, we should. We don't, we don't want to, like, bash him too hard because he's just getting into Legacy. And, like, I know when, when I first got into Legacy, well, I was just, just getting into Magic at the time, too. It's like, this stuff was complex to me. Like, what could they have? Like, right now, if I'm sitting across from an elf opponent, I know he doesn't have a removal spell. And if he has one poison, if he has nine poison, I have a flying ink moth nexus, there's nothing he's gonna be able to do about it, you know? Unless he has two mana open, he can flash in like a, what is that thing, the ranger or whatever, that, that, that the scrib ranger. Scrib <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, like, I know that now, but like this kid, he's just getting a legacy, he doesn't know like, all the deck lists and, like, what you could actually have to interact. Like, who knows, you know? Well, I find when you're trying to get into a new format, it's a good idea to not insinuate that your opponent's a child molester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, John, do you have any thoughts on Infect in Legacy? Uh, I would never play that deck in Legacy. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's, like, it's a fun idea. And I don't know, maybe if like I got drunk and like was like just wanted to piss my day away, I would play that. But like I think like Alex said, like you have to contend with too much um too many like obstacles to just get the free win, you know? Like you have to hope that they don't have a counterspell. Then you have to hope that they don't have a swords. And then you have to hope that they don't have a blocker, you know? It's just like with with Belcher or like he was saying like Ant or even Hypergenesis, you don't have to hope against that stuff. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> there's like there's two of me. Bladed Agent is unblockable, so you don't need to worry about a blocker. Yeah, like that's swinging on turn three, right? Uh, no, he's playing. This guy's playing Lotus Petals. Okay. So you would play the deck? Hell no. Am I still what, echoing? We're trying to find out who's who's the cause of this echo. And uh, while we're doing that, um, Alex, you want to touch up quickly on what do you think of elves? Uh, if it's even a consideration for Providence? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's the deck that I'm going to be playing. Uh, I, I'm, I love drawing, like blue cards too much, you know, but though I was about to say drawing cards, but the elf deck does, does quite a bit of that. Um, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit afraid of mental misstep, but elf is, elves is one of the decks that surprisingly is actually pretty good against mental misstep because you just have so many one drops and like, there's so many of them that are so good. Like everybody's like, Oh, counter the glimpse of nature, but yes, but like, it's, I mean, you, you play like a Wirewood Symbiote and you're just gonna win anyways, like, against the blue decks that are, which are the ones really playing Mental Misstep. Like, the really scary matchups I found as an elf player were, like, decks that I couldn't, that basically weren't trying to interact with me, 
that were also doing their own thing and that were faster than I was. Like the, the Infect deck and Dredge. Because I was, the list I had was that I was handed did not have any graveyard hate whatsoever. So, you know, the Dredge deck's like one and one and a half turns faster than me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to kill you next turn. And he's like, oh, yeah, re- reanimate an Elish Norn. That's right. That's right, uh, Medina. Woo! Get yeah. there. I'd cast a Summoner's Pact, so suddenly my one land in play was not looking so happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I have a rules question. Because uh, uh, I, uh, in, in round one, I was carning my opponent, and uh, he was like, because I could have just killed him with a Blightsteel, but he's like, no, 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 I want you to kill me with Karn. So I'm like, okay. So I remove my Blightsteel from the game, and then I start uh, leveling up Karn, and uh, then I ultimate. Uh, can I attack with my Blightsteel turn one of the new game? Yes, yes. you can. Okay. Yes, it, it's yes like, we can. And I am, I am like, because I want, I lost game one, this was game two, like, since we're restarting the game, it's the same player draw as before, right? I, yes, I, I think, think so. Like, uh, I think you, we'd have to look at the fact for, uh, for sure, but... Um, I think you start. Well, I started the game where I had Karn out, but I'm wondering if my opponent started that game and we restarted the game, would he be on the play instead of me? I'm actually not sure about that because that's that's fairly specific uh, area of rules. I, like, but I mean, I, it, in the event of a draw in Magic, and you go into the next game, it's the same as before, right? Yeah. So I, I would assume it would be the same. That would make sense, but uh, I, I'm hearing an echo again. <laughs> it's not me because tech issues, but I All think right. we'll, we'll live. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean the only question is whether the turn order beforehand like mattered. Like if you're at, you know you're activating card in your turn, is it going to be your opponent's turn next? I would I would think that it probably is whoever started the previous game, as in that game. Um, would would start again, but uh, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Maybe or maybe I'm wrong, as Frankie would say. <laughs> well, um, we'll have the rules expert look at. Why, what happened? Did he like sword your blightsteel or something? No, no. He asked me to kill him with Karn instead of just attacking with blightsteel. So I uh, I Karned my own blightsteel. And did you kill him? Yeah. Okay. I, I used Karn to restart the game, like, he was, like, drawing dead, pretty much. Like, I had, like, a Chalice on 1 and 2, and, like, I had Karn out. Like, he was playing Reanimator, like, there wasn't really anything that was going to happen. You're a pretty nice guy. I would have just killed him with Blightsteel and be like, eh, next time, bro. It's Tuesday, man. I mean, how often do you get the Karn people? Come on. It's Tuesday. <laughs> he was like, I was Karning my opponent. I'm like, yeah, that sounds a little bit dirty. No wonder why that guy thought you were a child molester. <laughs> I carned him good. <laughs> um, so earlier this week, Frank, you you and I were playing at a GPT. So Frank, could you tell us about your experience? Yeah, well, I uh, I kind of retracted from uh, playing my uh, sick tech of uh, ancestral vision. <laughs> Boo. I I took uh I took John Jonathan's point and I just played uh, a more uh, a Chapin uh, version of uh Team America. Oh sick. 
with four and, Jesus. Yes. Well, I was uh, I was playing four, uh, but uh, the fourth was in the sideboard. Ooh. So uh, anyway, and uh, greater than all, Frankie. Greater than all. It was. Um, I in my round one, I played uh, against a guy who uh, went uh, turn turn one core duelist, <laughs> <laughs> and then turn two uh, infiltration lands. Ooh. And uh, the guy was beating me up for two damage every turn. I uh, I wouldn't block with my dark confidant, and um, he if like all, all, like that first game, all I kept drawing was cards that made me lose life. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I was drawing Totsies and. Uh, like I, I wasn't really getting anywhere. I couldn't draw a removal spell, <laughs> and uh, he managed to beat me with his uh, with his duelist. <laughs> with infiltration. Lines. Yeah, exactly. He uh, infiltrated he drew... you pretty hard. Oh yeah, man. And he, he drew a few cards. It was it was ugly, basically. Man, our listeners are gonna think that our tournaments are full of scrubs. <laughs> and well, we uh, played them, right? Yeah. Dope. More echo, echo, echo. <laughs> Bob, do you have like a big like metal container that you're holding up near the mic or something? No, I have uh, led many 40-man raids with uh, the same uh, mic and configuration, and there hasn't been a problem, so I don't know what the deal is if uh, my brother's downloading stuff. My brother just moved into my house from Vancouver, and uh, he's a, a digital hoarder, has a, like, 30 terabytes worth of random stuff, and uh, he just downloads all day, so it might be that. I will check. <laughs> it's not that you just live in, like, a big cavern? Well, yeah, I mean, but I do that I do that too, but that doesn't really affect sound, really. <laughs> he's trying to download the whole internet. Yeah, he's been working at it. He'll, he'll be there soon. <laughs> Sick. So whenever the internet dies, we can come over to your house to see the internet. Yeah, it won't. It won't be updated though. <laughs> Frank, continue. Yeah, so uh, like game one, I lost game one, but it took forever. And uh, what happened is that after sideboard, I had I had dark blast for his core duelist, so, so he was pretty screwed. <laughs> and like I beat him up good game two, and game three I was winning. But we ran out of time, so I had an unintentional draw against the white weenie guy that plays uh, <laughs> infiltration lands. So I I started off like I was a little bit on tilt after that, yeah. and uh, game like second game I was playing against a guy. He was playing like he was playing like a four. It was it was like um, it was like a, a, a Team America deck, but with uh, splashing white also. And he was playing like it was a weird deck. It was like a four color uh, control deck, and he was playing uh, Stoneforge Mystics. He was playing. Uh, it looked like it looked like a band deck actually. And he, he was also playing Wastelands, and uh, 
like game one, game one, I he just landed at Jace and I couldn't draw anything to fight it, and uh, he just beat me with that and uh, random dudes. I think he he was at he was at uh, attacking me with like uh, he, he had like uh, his four uh, noble hierarchs on the board and was just beating me down with them. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, game like uh, so we won that game and then we went to game two and uh, I like he wastelanded my two colored lands and uh, I was stuck on two wasteland myself so I I didn't I didn't cast the spell that game so that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty brutal and uh, after that I play I played against uh, a goblin deck and. Uh, First game, like, I managed to clear the board. I was at 12 life. I had a Jason play, and he top deck, he top decked uh, a ringleader and attacked me for 12. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) we went to game two. I won game two, and then, uh, game three, like, was kind of like, uh, similar to the first game where, like, he just kept drawing uh, ring ringleaders, and uh, <laughs> he was killing all my guys with. Uh, he had the uh, incinerator to kill my guys. He had the worn weirdings, and he he just outdrew me there. <laughs> and uh, after that, I uh, I just dropped. I was uh, I was beaten mentally and physically. <laughs> I actually have some questions for you, Frankie. Yeah. Uh, first one is: Do you think you like play too slowly? Yeah, I do. Because I think I've watched you play, and you're a very deliberate player. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm not really good at this game, man. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. I don't know, man. You, I think you're undefeated and limited at the Pro Tour, right? The thing is, I haven't really played like comp- like I haven't played competitively for that long, you know. And, and like, there's a lot of cards that like I haven't like extensive experience with them, you know. So it's uh, like when I'm playing uh, Legacy, like I'm a bit sometimes I'm a bit overwhelmed. Yeah, so well, I, I think I think I need to practice. Uh, I, I need to practice more. Yeah, well, like some piece of advice that, uh, you know, John Smithers and JLRR, two of the top Canadian Magic players, gave to Pascal Maynard before, uh, who's people might know because he's the one who six owed worlds with tempered steel and uh, extended. Uh, advice before worlds, it's, you know, he was, play- he was a, he was also a deliberate player and, uh, they said, you know, you, you, you know, you wanted to, needed the time, he said, to, uh, think through all the calculations and figure out all the possibilities. And they just, you know, said, well, you've got to figure that out faster. you just got to calculate it all faster. <laughs> Do it faster and better. You know? you got to train yourself to, to be able to go through all these calculations faster. <laughs> train your brain, man. Train your brain. Okay, Frankie? So yeah, gonna... yeah, I need I need to work on that. So I, 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 I thought you were going to have, like, I thought you were going to have, like, actually, like, good advice. Like, like really, like some kind of like thing that he could actually do, like this kind of thing. But he's just like, be faster. I'm just yeah. like, oh well, of course, right? You're a slow player. You should just be faster. Yeah, you should just play better, right? 
You should just draw the cards, man. Just draw. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> terrible advice. <laughs> well, well, yeah, like that first game, that that first game against the the white weenie guy, like that. Like I took, I took forever, like to like make decisions, and like at the end I lost the game. So like I, I could have like just went through it quicker, and like because after sideboard there was no way he was beating me, and if we didn't, like I was winning, like I was winning that last game. We, j- I just couldn't, like I just didn't get enough turn to kill him, you know. Uh, I was, I had my Tarmogoyce out, and he, he, he had nothing to to kill them, and I, I was. uh I was beating him and down, but I, I just didn't have enough turns to do it. But that's that's not quite my point, Frankie, that, like, I don't think you should think less and, like, not calculate things, you know? I mean, obviously, when you're under huge time pressure, you have to do that sometimes, especially if you're in a way a position where you're way ahead. But, uh, I mean, I think, basically, you need to train yourself to think the same amount of stuff, but faster. Like, you need to exercise your brain. But sometimes you just need to be reminded what Jace does, and you just gotta read him again. <laughs> Ouch. No, but like, if you're playing against a guy that has infiltration lands, like, you shouldn't have to think that much, dude, you know, like. <laughs> I, I found, like, I'm a pretty fast player, and I found, like, the thing that helps me play fast is, like, just not giving my decisions any thought at all. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I thought you were serious. Effect, no, 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 I am serious, actually. Um, the thing that I found is, like, figure out what the relevant cards are in the matchups. Like, you only have to focus on so many things per matchup, you know what I mean? And uh, and then, like, if they're not doing the relevant thing, then you, you can shortcut that. You don't really have to process, okay, you know, the elf player is playing a land war elf. You know, you know that the land war elf is not the dangerous elf, you know what I mean? I yeah, think you still force of will it as fast as you humanly can. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd force of will a Lanawar elf. Uh, that was a joke, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Rob, you wonder why you will keep losing in Legacy? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but Dude, I force of will the first thing that anybody plays always. <laughs> if you yeah, have the force of will is four, man. <laughs> They're like Lotus Petal, you're like force of will. Oh. How did that feel? <laughs> I think actually the card is pretty aptly named. Like it requires force of will, you know, to like hold on to your force of wills till you really need to play them. Like so but, many times I see people like force of willing a Tarmogoyth, and I mean sometimes that's right, but it's not as right as as it's not r- right like as much as people do it. You know, people do it way too much. I think. Like yeah. sure, it's a threat, but like you know, you're usually going to draw an answer to the Tarmogoyth, whereas you're not going to have an answer to like their counterbalance or their jace or whatever, if yes. you force a will that. I agree 100%. I mean, I've force a willed a Tarmogoyf with a swords in hand before. And then it's like, I just look at my hand and I'm like, okay, that was the r- really stupid thing to do because I just pissed away two cards when I could have just let it resolve and swords it, you know? Well, that's not as bad as I've, I've seen a guy with mana open get a, his opponent cast a, a, a Tarmogoyf. His, he had Spell Snare and Force of Will in hand with, like, a whole bunch of man open. And he played Force of Will removing Spell Snare. Oh. So, like, I, I, think, I think it's good advice to figure out what are the relevant cards in each matchup. And then when those cards start to come into play, then you think, you know what I mean? You start to process things slower. Yeah, but, you need to focus on what matters. Like, each matchup usually has, like, one or two key cards that you need to really worry about. 
like, sometimes Tarmogoyf, in fact, is, like, their worst threat, right? They have, like, Tarmogoyf from Night of the Reliquary and sometimes, like, Terravor. And, like, Tarmogoyf is sometimes the small little guy who's like, Hey, guys, want to go to party in my house? Then, <laughs> you know, the other guys are like, Hey, what's up? You know? And they're, like, trampling over you or just, like, your tar- you, you, when you finally draw your own Tarmogoyfs, you know, they match up pretty well with their Tarmogoyfs. You know, they can block forever. But, uh... You know, they're neither the Reliquary or the Terravor or whatever, so it just, like, eats your Tarmogoyf and for breakfast, you know? So you really need to save your Force of Will for those cards sometimes, you know? And uh, sometimes you really you want to save your Force of Will for their Force of Wills, like when you're playing High Tide, right? Yeah, to protect your combo or your threats. Like, like in the... You're playing Team America, right, Frankie? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you want to, like... Like against the Jerry T deck, the the card that's like the worst for you is Standstill, right? Right. So like your focus should be okay. You should know a they probably have either Mental Misstep or Spell Snare, so they're probably going to try to get your him or whatever. So you know you just got to keep that in mind when you go to play your threat. Like for me, if I was playing against that deck. Like, before I tried to resolve a him, I would try to resolve a Tarmogoyf. You know what I mean? Because you want to get something down before they try to put the the standstill on the board. And then I would save, like, I would try to save my counter magic for Jace or for standstill. You know? That's interesting, John. Like, I actually tested the matchup a little bit. I was playing Team America. Uh And I found that, like... I'd rather, if they played a standstill, and I would often let it resolve when I had force, and instead just, like, break it on the next turn, like, if it tapped out, break uh-huh. it and just, like, play my Dark Confident or whatever, let them draw three cards, and then force a will, what it, their force a will fighting on my Dark Confident. Basically, like, because I found resolving Dark Confident was worth more than the three cards from standstill was. I see what you're saying. And, like, if they had a, if they had a force of will already, they'd, they would force back your force on their standstill and stick their standstill or whatever, right? Off yeah. Here. And, I mean, basically, like, I think force of will's best, best job in the format is, like, protecting your own spells from their counter spells. So, like, like if you don't have a confidant, would you force the standstill? I mean,. Like, you're saying, like, if you have a Tarmogoyf or if you have nothing? Tarmogoyf. Like, the situation I was thinking of is you have, like, a Tarmogoyf and you have, like, a Force of Will and a, a him and a random blue card. Yeah, I mean, so it's your turn, too, and you want to decide whether to play Tarmogoyf for him? Yeah, what I would say is play Tarmogoyf there and, you know, either protect it with a Force or force their stand. Well, they're obviously not going to play a standstill there, you know, when you have a Tarmogoyf. Right. But, like, I'm just talking about mindset, like... To me, like, if I don't have, I understand what you're saying about the Dark Confidant, but like, if you don't have a Dark Confidant, you should do your best not to let the standstill resolve, right? Well, I mean, the real question, like, the real question is, what are the three cards worth to them, right? Because they're drawing three random cards. And you're, are you, tra- you're trading that for a Force of Will and a blue card, both of which are relatively rare for the, the Team America deck. Uh huh. So I think it's only really worth it if, you're not going to, like, land a threat and when they're tapped out. Because when the, the standstill deck is tapped out, they really only have force of will to be able to counter your two drops mm-hmm. or three drops or so on. And those, like, are also at a premium for them. Whereas, whereas like, if you, they're untapping with a standstill in play, then they have access to counter spells, spells, snare, etc. 
and then it's so then it's like a lot like a lot more of their cards get turned on. Uh-huh. Whereas whereas when you're fighting the fight like after, rather than like countering their standstill, you know, you play like your own threat and you protect that with your force of will. You're fighting like narrower amount of their cards, right? They might not even have a force of will. And then they get three random cards which could be completely irrelevant. Yeah, so you're saying break the standstill with a threat right after they play it, if they're tapped out. Right. Well, I actually, Drew Levin, you know, who's now premium, as I think we've discussed already, he wrote an article, you know, because he played the deck as well as Jerry T. Uh-huh. And he said there's two acceptable stances against standstill. One, which is that they play the standstill and you, like, pop it right away by playing irrelevant threat so that basically they can't, like, untap with a standstill in play. Yeah, you definitely don't want them to untap with it. The other option is you just, you wait out and you wait out and you wait out until you sculpt, like, the perfect seven cards, and then uh-huh. you wait until they have, like, eight cards and they're at the end, and they're end step, and then you play an instant to pop the standstill, so that they're going to basically be discarding, like, all the cards that they're gaining. Yeah, and yeah. he said, he also said, if you, if your deck can't make a seven card hand that can beat that deck, not to do that. Which I think and, Team America can't really, like, I don't think you can make a seven-card hand that's just going to beat that deck. Because you have a limited number of threats. Which is why I think it's important to use your Force Wells rather than, like, countering their standstills to protect your own threats. Especially those that, like, Sylvan Library or or Jace or Dark Confident that provide you with, like, a, a steady stream of cards. I that's, think... That's the most important thing, I think. I think that's, like, a good point. But... It just like it to me. It's like you're gonna let them draw into the answers that they're gonna need for your threats. You know what I mean? Like it, letting them draw three cards totally kind of kills your him, right? Yeah, I'm, it definitely. And, and so, so, so your hymns are dead pretty much. And I mean, besides like the random, like you hymn them and then boom, money. You know what I mean? Two Jaces or whatever, you know, like, got there, you that, know. That like, is money that's like, right? Isn't that like 160 <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I could see your point, but I I don't know if it's if it's totally unacceptable to just counter their standstill. Like, it just seems like I don't want to give them more cards to, because their game is to just beat you with card advantage anyways. So I don't want them blanking my hymns. Like, I'd rather fight the fight, like, because they're going to have to either counter my hymns or just get their hand ripped apart, you know? But I'm talking from not testing the matchup, so... Well, I mean, them getting their hand ripped apart is, like, with him is not that relevant, because they've, they've got, like, so many... It's really What's really important in the matchup, I find, is you, you assembling board presence. Because that, that deck has trouble once you stick something, right? Yeah. It has, like, you know, it has the sword, three swords, like, four repeals, and two shackles that actually, and I guess Jace Bounce, that actually deals with permanence. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, it's way more valuable in, for me, I think, to have, like, you having a Goyf in play, or a Bob in play, or whatever, and them having, like, three cards in their hand, than you having two less cards in your hand, and, like, them not having those three cards, and you possibly not having your threat, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I said I think he should try to get a Tarmogoyf before he tries to him. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we should just play Thrun in Team America and then just destroy <laughs> this deck. <laughs> yeah, well, that deck seems to... I mean, I guess they can assemble, like, two Mishra's Factories plus 
plus uh, Crucible of Worlds, and then then they're like, haha, Thrun. All I see <laughs> is like spend my land drop in like four mana each turn. Yeah, because <laughs> I would be t- perfectly fine breaking a standstill with Thrun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's tech. You heard it here first, guys. Jonathan Medina, tech of the day. Just like Elish Norn, guys. You heard it, you know, here first. So now we just have to see Jin Kataxis get in the reanimator deck, and we're like, <laughs> we're like 100%, we're batting 100% here. <laughs> Were you not listening to me? My opponent played Jin Kataxis against me. Your right. opponent also played, like, Glistener Elf and other stuff. I was, yeah, I was another guy. The reanimator guy who had Welcome to Legacy. nature's claims on his board. Nice. Wow. Well, I was talking to, chatting with Mark's son, and he, he said that Thrun seems really good against that uh, Landstill deck, so it's funny that you mentioned it, John. <laughs> yeah, me and Mark Center are on the same brainwaves, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a legacy legend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is, legacy superstar, <laughs> Mark Sun. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That, guy, take... that guy is like, you know, he, he's like right there up next to Achilles and like, you know. Yeah, dude. I mean, we were going to replace you with him on the cast, but it came back. So. <laughs> My Asian brother. <laughs> oh, you could so never let, replace me. <laughs> so let's uh, give Frank a chance to wrap out his uh, GPT report. Yeah, well, uh, what happened after that is I dropped and... Uh, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and we, we did a draft... Uh, uh, it was uh, it was triple uh, new Phyrexia packs, and it's one of the worst format I've ever played, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is because like people were playing with like a ton of uh, pristine talisman, and like they were gaining life ridiculous amounts of life every time. Yeah, and uh, the first round, I think. I, I think it took more than uh, two hours, and uh, K- KYT was playing against the. That's the, the, not funny. Yeah, that guy, and uh, we both like, had two pristine talisman. I think. Yeah, exactly, play. and uh, the guy was just playing awful, and like he was like taking back stuff infinitely, and KYT was. Uh, was really subdued, like he didn't, he didn't make eye contact with him, he was like, just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I was seeing like, I was seeing his soul meld, you know, as he was playing against him, and it was, uh, it was, was really tough to, to see my friend in such pain. <laughs> and then, uh, me, I, I won my first round, and, uh, when the pairings were up and I was not paired against Mr. That's Not Funny, I went like high five KYT. I dodged, the, I dodged the worst matchup. And at that point, like that was the high point of the day. That was like my big win, you know, dodging That's Not Funny in the, in the draft pairings. Oh man, Frank always have has terrible luck at the gamekeeper store. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the second time I lo- I lose to the joke uh, white deck, man. La- last time I got my um, my forge master hook mastered, <laughs> and I was really feeling sorry for myself. Hey, hey, that's not funny. <laughs> that was epic blowout. Oh, man. Anyway, 
so I'm going to talk about my short uh, GPT experience. I was going to play Affinity, but uh, somehow managed to show up to the store without a, my wallet. So I'm like, I was missing cards, namely Mox Opals, and uh, I couldn't get uh, John to, you know, Express mail me right right that time. <laughs> you didn't Mox ask, bro. You didn't ask. That, you couldn't get true. your chauffeur though to go back to the house and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> that service, that Medina Express service, isn't available yet, but hopefully someday it will be. Like you show up at the tournament and bang. But uh, so I was like, listen, <laughs> listen, KYT. You work on your communication skills, and uh, I'll bring the cards, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because I know I, I thought I was gonna buy them, like I didn't want to borrow them from anyone. I was actually gonna finish up my uh, affinity deck, so that's why I didn't ask you. I was gonna, uh-huh. um, so that was the reason why. Um, so then I, I also had the Merfolk deck that uh, Frank uh, owns most of the cards, and uh, decided to play that because obviously it's it's a great choice to sort of have a, as a backup plan. Uh, had to buy Mental Missteps, which were. Uh, ridiculously overpriced like uh how much seven bucks yeah baby Woo! i can't wait for that (laughs) thing to hit ten dollars whoa man just gives me like chills (laughs) so i I bought like the last four in the store or something so i think it's it's gonna hit 10 sooner than than i thought uh that we thought i guess um and so when, people call me crazy for saying that was going to hit ten. <laughs> when do you think it will hit ten before the end of the year? I I thought like eventually. I thought like oh this is on the power level of a ten dollar card, but like with the way things are going now in GP Providence, it'll be ten at Providence probably. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. I, I, I I I blanked out for a second. What card are we talking about? Mental mental mister. Oh okay. Yeah, for sure. Like the thing is, you can buy. A full playset of uncommons and commons for like thirty bucks on eBay. Like, Not anymore, brother. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like, don't you just take the missteps out of there and like throw the rest out anyways? Just like, or use it to like line your like a bird's cage or something? No, the the, the disfigures and the despises. Or despise, but you know, and dismember. You mean dismember? Not yeah, and the dismembers. <laughs> but I, I think you're better off like just cracking packs than paying that much. For no money. way, no way. You know how many missteps are in in a box typically? I think two. One to two. Which hmm. is just like very suspicious. Because <laughs> I remember like he used to get like four of the awesome uncommons, three to four in a box, and like. The last box I opened, I had one misstep in it. I was just like, whoa, this is bonkers, man. I mean, I've thanks- opened more cards than I've opened missteps. <laughs> Thankfully, I ordered like a jillion from Star City. So oh. I wish God, I was going, be- I wish I was going to Providence, man. I would be shipping all those things so hard. <laughs> oh, man, I, man. I wish you were going to Providence too. It would be awesome. Oh yeah, for, to hang out with you guys, of course, too. I mean, yeah, we'd all go in Frank's car, man. We'd go in Frank's car and, and like hit the gathering, man. Oh like, man, and we could bump the gathering. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been listening to Eminem, uh, at work today, and I feel like I really want to go on the gathering and like cut some tracks, you know what I mean? I want to start my rap career, I think. Next level Medina rapping it, eh? 
Yeah, I think so, man. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see about that. And you guys should all wrap up your ears if that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, back to what my little report. I uh, played against AG Soccer's round one, the Dreadnought deck. Basically, uh, didn't have good hands, I guess, just ran him over. Uh, nothing much to say there. Uh, played against a blue-white control deck with Decree of Justice as one of his cards. Enlightened Tutor, I think, Brainstorms. I didn't really see that many cards. Uh, he didn't draw a lot of gas, and my merfolks were able to get there. Uh, round three, he played against Show and Tell. And I think I had one of those merfolk draws that, that, just hard to beat, Aether Vile with, with like just totally curving out. And game two, I was able to use Merfolk Regiri to tap down his Grim Monolith. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was complete blowout and he was land screwed and beat him there. So like I'm 3-0 and it's, I believe, a six round tournament. So needing one more win to, to top eight and 3-0 and feeling like I didn't need that much skill to, to win the first three matches. It's like either they got land screwed or land flooded or, or whatnot, so I don't know. I ran into a mono green list that played a lot of Scrib Rangers, so I lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably misplayed along the way. these Scrib Rangers. But I don't know how I beat those guys. Like, Yeah, you he don't. Has, <laughs> <laughs> he has one, and sometimes... Like in game two, he was able to get two out, and I'm like, "This is a joke." Like, how do I, how do I kill these guys? Unless I have Umazawa's Jite early on and save my counters specifically for those creatures. I mean, it w- it was tough, and he was playing cards at bottom time, like Kitchen Finks, and and he was also a natural order deck that was going to get progenitus. So, well, know. the way you beat that is you use um, spreading seas. Oh, I was. I keep thinking about playing that card. Is that has that ever actually been played in Legacy, John? Uh, I've seen people do it before. I think it's awesome. <laughs> to be fair, in KYT, there's people in Legacy who are also like playing core out. I mean, core um, whatever Duelist. thing with you know, core <laughs> to, duelist and infiltration lens. You know, I'm pretty sure fair, spreading keys has been has been played. To be fair, okay, you you're on probation, Alex. All right. You just came off getting fired, so you better watch it, man. <laughs> so, anyways, KYT, back to the deck discussion. I think I think you can also play uh, Aquatex Will or something. Huh? Have these like like Are you guys just trolling me? Have these been Dude, used? Spreading ever? seas, man. I'm serious. Aquatex Will has been played in uh, in previous incarnations of Merfolk. I think when it was blocked sometimes or like type two. So has spreading seas. Like I've I've seen this before, and it's. But a legacy, I don't know. Aquatex Will is cool because you can reveal it to a Regiri, and I mean to um, a Adept, and you can use it to tap something or untap something with Regiri. So like it can kind of be free spell if you go to Regiri and play. Yeah, and it also could be freely countered by Mental Misstep. <laughs> well, yes. the thing is, you're you're playing that against non-blue decks. Oh, <gasps> oh Frankie, Frankie, man, King I'm, of the Pill. I'm really quick on that, then. <laughs> He's learning to You're train his brain faster. <laughs> yeah, it works, man. It works. Just you got to figure out those shortcuts, like Medina making dumb comment equals Frankie making fun of Medina. You know? <laughs> yeah, see? It's shortcuts, man. It's all shortcuts. 
But I think I think what it boils down to is that um, like there's like if like I don't think you're gonna main deck them and uh, there's very limited space in the sideboard, so that's right, probably right. something like that you want to dodge, you know? Right. So like I also lost to Alex who played Elves last night. I I made a number of misplays, but still I don't think even with best play I. It's a really rough match. I'm not gonna beat elves most of the time at all, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty hard for Merfolk to beat elves. Like misstep helps, like it makes the matchup better than it was. But like you know, better than horrendous is still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think really I think really that your best chance at winning is just like landing a Jite and uh, riding that to victory. The problem with that, or plan, just racing them, just racing them. Yeah, racing them, racing them, and landing a GT are actually kind of similar plans. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, they, having Wirewood Symbiote though is really annoying for the GT plan because they like Wirewood Symbiote for you guys that don't know is a one green mana creature. It's a one one insect. In, once per turn, you can use its ability, which is return an elf you control to its owner's hand, untap target creature. So usually elf deck uses that plus elvish visionary to draw a bunch of cards. Like you can keep, you can do it once on your opponent's turn. Then on your turn you can play it and then return, draw a card and return it and play it and draw a card again. And it's also really good against chit because you can block the creature that's equipped with any random elf, preferably obviously the visionary. And then before damage you can use the wirewood's ability to return it to your hand. You could even like untap the same creature you're bouncing. It doesn't matter what you're targeting. And uh, that way the JIT doesn't get counters because the creature never does combat damage. Can huh. you... Uh, what about, like, Revoker against uh, Elves? How uh, is that? Is Revoker legit? Yeah, it's not a, not a bad plan. I mean, after board, Elves is probably going to bring in, like, their um, Viridian Shaman to, like, kill your kill Vials and JITs. So Revoker's not going to be, like, fantastic. Uh-huh. Plus, you really need to have, like, the Revoker, plus the Jit, plus, like, guys, plus counter, so they don't just combo off in your face. <laughs> like, like KYT, like, was sitting there, and he's just, like, looking back, you know, and he's just like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, elves, <laughs> elves, all over your face. You but, know? I mean, he brings in Submerge for that matchup, right? Yeah, well, he should, but, I mean, that's still not going to help him that much. Like the problem- bounce, bounce your Regal Force? <laughs> with the ability on the stack, right? Right, Frankie? Yeah. Just like, I'm actually, a tomb, right at this SCG, a Tomb Stalker got uh, submerged in response to a Bob trigger. In the guy's yeah, up. yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> it's like, take eight, what's up? Best burn spell ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm zero and six against Elves deck with the Merfolk, so I'm on a green list, rather, so I feel pretty shaky there, though. You know, Mark's son tells me, again, I'm referencing him, that, you know, if I have any buys, maybe I won't be facing these mono green lists, like, after <laughs> round three. So, I don't know how relevant that, that is. I don't actually know what the metagame will look like after round three at, uh, at GP Providence. Uh, should I have any buys at all? Um, well, I, I think Matt Mass is probably going to be playing Elves. <laughs> <laughs> And Raptor might be playing Elves, you know? So those guys probably have, like, three buys, so... I don't know, I don't think you're going to be... I don't think the field's going to be devoid of Elves at, like, you know, 1-0, 2-0, whatever, how many number of buys you have, KYT. Frank? 
the mono green uh, deck that you played against, like, do you guys know, uh, like, what what it is and uh, what it does? Uh, no, just Alex, do do you know, like, because it's well, it's the deck that Team Crat is playing. Like, have yeah, you seen I've, it? I've seen it before. Um, well, I, I'm not I'm not sure if the same it's the same version that KYT played against, but I've seen this deck before. They were playing like Ancient Tombs and City of Traders. It's a stacks deck. Kind of, yeah. It's like I mean, it, it play often like the deck would play you know play a City of Traders Ancient Tomb or something, and then like remove Elvish Spirit Guide and play a Trinisphere or play a Chalice for one or something, and then like it would also have all this hate you know against blue like Scrib Rangers and. It would play. It would usually play a lot of equipment. It's kind of like basically a green version of Dragon Stompy. Hmm. Was that right. what you played against KYT, or was it like a lot of basic forests? I think I think uh, you guys are right for the most part. I only saw Scrib Rangers beating my face, so it was uh, <laughs> tough to see anything else. But it I mean, was slow, must have been slow and painful though, because those things only attack for one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, me, like you kill me faster. You had Venge Vines. Too, so Ooh, it's so like, that's see that I haven't seen the deck since Vengeline was printed, so that that seems uh, pretty really cool. Good. That deck, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Vengeline's pretty good in general. Are they trying to make it beat just like any blue deck with that list? I, I think, think that's so. their general plan. I mean, and they try and beat combo decks with their ch- Chalice slash Trinisphere plan, right? But uh, I, I think I think the blue matchup is definitely what they'd like to face like every round. I mean, again, Rob, uh, again, when uh, you're playing uh, that deck, like you have consistency issues. That it's kind of you're like playing a stacks deck, really, right? But you and you have you have all these cards that are kind of situational that are really good, like early game, and some that are like good later in the game, but aren't good early. And you want to draw them in the right order and like the right quantities. Yeah. So what's what's better against elves and merfolk? Is it like revoker or is it like chalice? Chalice? Um, I don't think Chalice is good in Merfolk against Elves at all. In Merfolk? Yeah. I wouldn't play Chalice in Merfolk, but I think Chalice is decent against Elves. Yeah, I think it's I mean, it's not like it it, it completely destroys them, but I mean, if you set a Chalice on one on turn one, like, the Elves is going to have L all the time. Yeah, but, like, why not in Merfolk? Well, one of the big things is that it comes down a turn later, like at right at best. Often the Merfolk deck like keeps one land hands or has to daze something or whatever, uh-huh. and it also shuts off like your vials that you draw later, plus your mental missteps. Though I guess you don't really mind that those are shut off. Uh, it shuts off your curse catchers, and like the elf deck can still can kill it. Not it's not that hard for them to kill like your chalice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not hard for them to kill it, but it really buys a lot of time. I mean, you don't really need vials against elves, right? Well, the thing is, like, I mean, when you're spending your second turn playing a chalice like against elves, when they, let's say they play, like, a, a land or elves turn one or something, mm-hmm. then they can just go, like, turn turn two, they play uh, Green Sun Zenith for two, find Verdian Zealot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're just set to, like, do crazy stuff next turn, and you have no pressure. Like, I, think yeah, the I guess, thing, I guess, I guess uh, Green Sun Zenith really whores the uh, the chalice plan. 
Yeah, Green Sun Zenith is really good. Like that's one of the things yeah, that Elsa yeah. needs that is that is really powerful. And I mean Elsa Summoner's pack too, it can just Yeah, it, yeah, scratch that, scratch that. That's a stupid idea. <laughs> no, no, no. No ideas of Medina's stupid. No, I mean, it's a bad idea in Merfolk, but bringing in Chalice against Elves is for sure right. Like, Elves has the same sort of mana issues uh, that uh, Merfolk has, in that a lot of its mana is sort of get got through other means. Like, with Merfolk, it's more through Vile and stuff like that, but with Elves, it's all got from their one-drop Elves. Yeah, and yeah. If you I, can I, shut those off, they're in trouble. I definitely think Chalice is good against Elves, no doubt about that. I'm just saying, like, in Merfolk, it's probably not the best idea. No. I think it really depends, like, what your strategy is. Like, if you're a deck that just needs to buy a little bit more time, then it's a really good plan, because you're going to buy yourself a bunch of time. But, like, if you're a deck that's trying to, like, Merfolk is not really trying to buy time. It's when late game is actually worse than Elves' late game, right? It's better, actually, in, like, kind of the... Like stage two, I think it's best. Like in stage one, elves is going to be usually doing better because it's going to has like explosive elves and mana, and like it's going to have like five guys on the board turn three or something. And Mer- but Merfolk's going to be better like in stage two, like the turn th- four or five or something. It's going to have like a whole bunch of big creatures with, from all your lords, and you're going to be attacking mm-hmm. for large quantities of damage. It's just like the turns after that when like eventually you're going to run out of counters for like elves' and spells, and they're going to you know. Resolve a regal force, or they're going to get like Wirewood Symbion, uh, Elvish Visionary going, or they're uh-huh. going to like Glimpse going, or something. Or sometimes, you know, they'll just get like 15 mana and be like, Hardcast Ember, cool? What's up, bro? <laughs> and like, you know, you're just like, uh, okay, I'm dead. And that's just how it goes. But so you really, like, you need to take those middle turns, and you need to, you need to maximize your, your use out of those turns where you're like ahead of them. So do you think um, the whole, uh, what's it called, uh, spreading seas is an okay plan? Because it just seems like you drop a ton of dudes and then just put a spreading seas and hit them. Um, I mean, I think the plan would be reasonable. I, like, I don't think it's very good against elves or the Scrib Ranger deck because mm-hmm. elves has Queer and Ranger and the other deck is Scrib Ranger, which, like, you put your your spreading seas on their forest in response to just bounce into their hand. Ah. So, oh, yeah, right. Mm. I mean, against the other deck, it's actually not that bad because you can spreading seas lay like their um, ancient tomb, their tomb or, or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. But though generally, you're, like, you're normally going to spend your early turns wastelanding those, but if you have a change of strategy that you're going to like do that instead, I mean, I guess you can not do that, not wa- wasteland them. But then they just get like a huge boost in time and stuff, so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's complicated, right? It I is don't... complicated. <laughs> okay, Venser, run Venser, dude. Splash splash white for Venser. <laughs> oh my guys are blockable. <laughs> it throws oh, some man, stone this, in there. This is this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> man, no, you know what I think? I think you have Lawans in your board already. I think you just need to bring in Painter Servant. You Painter Painter Blue Lawan, oh, like elves oh. can't win anymore. I like you heard it here first. Blue like the one serpent deck. <laughs> yeah. In Merfolk, man, that's uh, that's tech. Pretty techy. That it's is pretty techy. Tech. Though, of course, a good else player would c- cons- like would bring in um, a crossing grip after that. I think, right? I, from their board, if, if <laughs> nah, like after nah, after game, so. if you win game two that way. <laughs> like the elf deck I was playing had the sideboard plan. It had like. Uh, mind Brick Traps against Storm or whatever. And it had 
Vengeance plus Buried Alive in the in the board. Yeah, that was uh, so like Jerry people, was running that for a while. Yeah, so like people bring in right the ever the um, the Chalice of the Void or whatever against you, yeah. and you just go like Buried Alive, find three Vengeance, and then you play two Elves. Doesn't matter that they get countered. You turn your Vengeance and you just smack their face in. Hmm. Against KYT, I actually didn't. Br- I brought in the Vengeance, not the Buried Alive, because I think against Merfolk, like I, I, I'm not an expert with the Elf deck by any means, but like having a card that keeps it's hard for like really good at attritioning and mm-hmm. can't really be countered effectively seems good against Merfolk in that matchup. Yeah. So and like I I, I recall KYT Force of Willing my Venge Fine. We all had Wirewood Symbiote in play and then one <laughs> mana elf and a mana in my pool. And I'm like, okay, return my one mana elf to my hand, replay it, return Venge Fine, and he's like, okay. <laughs> that was no. that was fun. <laughs> oh man. Um, so when a lot of tech that we're talking about and uh hopefully some of it will actually see some sort of play. Yeah, we're so talking actually, about a lot of legacy. I mean the listeners should be happy this time, right? I mean <laughs> this is all legacy all the time right now. You know? Right now. <laughs> on the premiere on the premiere legacy podcast. That's right. <laughs> so after I lost to this mono green concoction I lost to someone that we've mentioned way too often by now, Felix LePan's Protean Hulk deck Shut yet up. again. And, uh, man, like, it even got some people, like Frank and, like, David Schneer, another friend of ours, who asked him for Felix's email, like, can I get the list? <laughs> like, so it's garnered this much attention, this Protean Hulk deck, so that's he's one to watch uh, come Providence. Did you get the list? I think I could get it if I asked, but I'm not. Shippity ship. I've actually played a few games with the deck. Did I tell you guys this before on the previous cast? Or no, I, I remember. believe well, you may have mentioned it, but go ahead. Well, I remember. Well, I played the first game. I was rather unimpressed because my first hand had body double and um, and uh, well, progenitus in it. So, and it, it wasn't particularly good other than that. So I I insta shipped. Then my next hand also had Progenitus in it, which the deck plays one of, and it had Reviarch. So I was like, wow, you know, th- you know, this seems kind of bad because, you know, you don't really want to draw your one of combo pieces in your hand. Yep. And so I went to five, and then I was playing against Eugene Ho playing Merfolk. Eugene Ho! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's a cousin of KYTs or something, not his yeah. dad's side. Um, and, and my, like, I got crushed. <laughs> Basically, because I didn't, I didn't draw like an actual order or a, or um, blah pattern, pattern of pattern. rebirth, and I and I had I was down to five cards already, and I didn't really feel comfortable mulling mulling any more than that because my hand had like good mana, so if I drew something, I would probably win because I had therapy and so on. So I lost that game, but then the next game, I like my seven card hand was just insane. Like I I, I cabal therapied him and had Xanthid Swarm back up for a turn three kill. Wow. And so this deck is awesome. I think it's I think it's pretty solid. Like I'm I'm actually considering playing it at Providence. What? <laughs> I know. Oh, I know it's on my list. It's on my list. It's That's spreading. Right. Felix man. That's right, Felix Lepan. Felix is spreading his influence. I was, I was I was at first I was very I thought it was terrible. Then I was just doubtful. Now I'm hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. I've so seen him, I've seen my... hardcast progenitus just. Uh... <laughs> 
with his uh, super carpet of flowers sideboard tech. Wow. <laughs> Double carpet. Progenitus, you. Okay, wait a second. Now. <laughs> John's blown away. <laughs> All right, listen. John, I want John. this deck list. I want this deck list in my inbox <laughs> before the end of the cast. Man, this sounds insane. <laughs> no, it sounds crazy. This sounds crazy. Okay. This I, is... I actually ordered the patterns of Rebirth on the, at Face to Face Games. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. They're, I they're waiting for me there in my inbox. Great. I have to put them aside for you. <laughs> so the this... order has been marked as shipped, so I, I think maybe someone picked them up or something. I don't know. This is crazy, man. This I want to run this deck. I want to do this. So uh, you're excited now, eh? It sounds it sounds really complicated. Well, I mean, if you resolve, oh, it's also got slaughter pact. I mean, if you um, you're you're basically your goal is to natural order or pattern of rebirth. Uh, I mean, you can cast pattern of rebirth on on like a wild canter or a carrion feeder or a mob uh, fanatic or anything or to sack it immediately. Or- you get uh, the Protean Hulk, then as long as you have a way to kill the Hulk, you win. Okay, so what do you do? You get the Hulk, and then you go through all this Revel Arc stuff to basically mock well, fanatic, fanatic your opponent to death. And what if they have, like, a Leyline of Sanctity? Do you have, like, tech against that or whatever? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. He, he did something. Somebody had a Leyline of Sanctity. What he did is he generated uh, infinite mana with Wild Canters, uh-huh. and then just, like played out, like, his whole deck, effectively. <laughs> and just, like, played Progenitus and played, like, Green Sun for Progenitus, like, play Hulks and just, just like, like, attack, you know? Well, oh, and I after was... Bordy's got Quisali also. He was against an Enchantress deck who had, like, two Ley Lines and a Rune Halo and a Sterling Grove, and he just, like, went infinite mana and then just Quisali'd everything the guy had and killed him. How did he Quisali everything? Did he get it back? Because With Lark. Well, yeah, like, cause the, he basically can set oh. up a game state where he's got, he's got Protein Hulk's dead, and he's got, uh, he gets body double, copying, copying the Hulk, as well as like a carrion feeder. And he sacks the body double that's copying the Hulk, finds Reviarch plus Mog Fanatic normally, but he can find like, you know, a Tinder wall at that point, let's say. Uh-huh. And, and he can, you know, he can sack it to, uh, to bring sacks the the Riviark to bring back body double and like any other you know cre- creature with power two or less let's say at that point uh, Quasali Pride Mage and he can like rinse and repeat that a whole bunch of times with the Tinder Wall so he gets infinite mana that way and then he can rinse and repeat with the um, Quasali and he also gets like an infinitely sized carrion feeder as well right plus he can end the game with like he ends with a Riviark. A body double copying Revic or copying Protean Hulk if he wants. And, uh, and like infinite size carry and feeder and he can get like all his Dryad Arbors into play and so on. Wow. Like he can also find Academy Rector that he has one of in the deck and he can sack it and find Pattern of Rebirth onto like another guy and sack that guy and like get another Hulk and then sack that and like find more stuff. Like if he needs to find Quizali on his first go, right? So you can get with them convert mana costs. Like Holy the deck's pretty smokes. crazy. Like I, 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 because I played against him and I played, um, I played a Phyrexian Revoker 
and uh-huh. I named Mog Fanatic so he couldn't kill me, right? Yeah. Like, normally you would name Carrion Feeder, but he's got that and Viscerous here. So basically, like, you're, you're kind of screwed if you name one of those because he just finds the other one. Yeah. And so he basically just got, like, eight or nine creatures into play and, like, an infinitely sized Carrion Feeder and said go. And it's like, yeah, not great position for me. <laughs> playing wow, so, so does he run, like, one of each of these, like... Effectively, yeah. He it's plays one of a bunch deck. of cards. Plays that's like, sort of the problem with the deck, is that when you draw, like, a random Viscerous here, Carrion Feeder, Progenitus, Body Double, Revel Arc, like, when you don't really have any other action in your hand, it's, like, it's pretty clunky. I think the good comparison is the one with Cephalid Breakfast that you made before, Rob. Like, not on this cast, but... Is that it's kind of like Cephalid Breakfast in a way, except like it has the rogue factor going for it rather than playing Force of Wills and stuff. A lot of people just have no idea what, what's going on. Until now. Da, yeah. da, da. Hey, by the way, Aww. Pattern of Rebirth is sold out on Star City at one ninety nine. Oh, I better up the price then. Give me a minute. <laughs> How many do you have them at? What do you have them at, dude? I bought I bought them at three dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So I should just buy all of these Star City. They have mildly played ones for a dollar twenty-five. That's moderately, but yeah. Moderately played. <laughs> Man, John Medina only dra- trades with near mint cards. Okay, doesn't need to know what moderately or mildly played. Whatever. Yeah, all he knows is not near mint Japanese foil. Okay. <laughs> and there's a foil for ten bucks. Man, I should just buy these. Hey, if you if you play it, they will buy it. You know. Oh, oh if, I, if I just reference. say something, if I just say something about it on Twitter, they'll go up like five bucks. <laughs> if you if you tip off Ben Blywise, they're they're going up, man. Oh. <laughs> like imagine Star City Games updated buy list, Pattern of Rebirth, thirty bucks. <laughs> so, so you, do you you think this deck is it inconsistent or is it like surprisingly consistent? Like it's what's... surprisingly consistent and it rips. Like when you're like dead on board, like there's a lot. You always have a lot of outs. Like just ripping a natural order or a pattern off the top like makes you win every time. And we've all lost like that many, many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the deck has four natural orders, four pattern of rebirth, plus, like, the academy rector. Uh-huh. And, like, any of those cards really, like, basically, w- along with a sack outlet, which the deck has a huge number of, just, like, wins you the game. It also plays so, a st- one starved Rizalka. Yeah, I saw that. I'm... I'm still not entirely sure why he plays that. I I think if I play the deck, I would probably cut that. Yeah, he said he played it because he could zenith for it, but I think he may have cut it eventually. What does it do against like uh, something like Extirpator, that new one, uh, Surgical Extraction? Well, it has Xanthid Swarm, right? And it has Cabal Therapy. Okay. So like you fir- you either like attack them with Xanthid Swarm. That, uh-huh. that you either hard cast by itself or use Zenith for, or you therapy them and like see what's up in their hand. Hmm. Wow, sounds good, man. I think actually the latest version was playing Jetaxian Probe. Ooh. So like you, it's which like obviously is really good with Cabal Therapy. 
Yeah, it just doesn't sound like there's a lot of room in this deck for a Gitaxian Probe. Well, I mean, I think the la- mana base is a little light. I think you can you shave like you can shave like two lands maybe from the deck because yeah. for, for the cantrips or something. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what what he cut. I just I heard from from some scouters that uh, that he was playing that. So Felix, if you want to comment in the forums and, and share your deck, which you probably don't. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, whether Felix wants to share his deck or not. I definitely want to have a copy of this deck. <laughs> this guy in your inbox by the end of the show. Exactly, because I want to. I want to look at this this beast, <laughs> and I want to like, goldfish I, it. I know. I know Felix a little bit, so uh, I think uh, a playset of Jace's will get you that man. <laughs> uh, well, h- how about no? <laughs> and uh, and then you just send it to me instead. <laughs> but what does he get in return, man? What does he get in return? Yeah. Hey, when you when, list, man. When Medina tells you to do something, you do it, okay? Whoa. You don't ask <laughs> what you're going to get in return. Because by asking what you're going to get in return, you get a slap in the mouth. That's what you get in return. Damn. So basically, right. we're condoning violence on this cast. So, uh, <laughs> I actually wanted to ask Frankie. Um, so, Frankie, are you still thinking you're going to play uh, Team America at Providence? Or are you like, I don't know, I went 0-3-1 or whatever, getting a draw against White Weenie with Core, uh, whatever it's called, um, or, or and, like deciding to switch to a different deck? Or are you still thinking that you're going to going to be like Team America? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. No, you're, you're going to play something else? I'm going to play something else. Pattern of Rebirth? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but Frankie, as someone who's played the deck a fair bit, would would, would you think that Sensei's Divining Top would be good in the deck? Especially in the versions playing Bob? Because, like, I was playing a little bit with the deck, and I found, like, a lot of the time that I would die would be to my own Bob. Or that, like, I would just get flooded with a whole bunch of fetch lands in play and, like, nothing, not not much gas. And I thought that, like, a top would really help there. Yeah, I I think, I I think, uh, that's what, like, fighting the aggro decks, you know, like, these, all these things that cost you life, they're, they're really a liability, you know, so, uh, like, I, I wouldn't, like, I, I know I'm not sure like I'd be playing the the Dark Continent version because okay. I like the the tournament that I did good I was playing with the uh, Tombstalkers so I might like if if I end up playing the deck like it, it might be more like the the standard version. So basically, you're a results oriented type of guy. I. The thing is, I I want to go and I I, I want to have like a fair chance, you know. So, like I'm I'm gonna try to play the deck that like gives me the best shot, you know. Plus, I guess some some of us could come with like a baseball bat and like bang your opponent around a bit, so you'll have a fair shot. <laughs> yeah, that, that will help <laughs> tremendously. Get me that deck list and we'll talk, man. <laughs> oh, he was like, I'm going to send my thugs out there for collection agency. I Where are my yeah. thugs at? 
<laughs> Medina's Twitter army, eh? That's right. That's right. Fly, All my, my fanboys. Fly. <laughs> Tactical trade. <laughs> don't get me started on the tactical trade team, man. Please don't. Man, yeah. we, we I roll think it's a, bit, it's a bit ridiculous, your thing. You think it's ridiculous? <laughs> Calling him out. The top secret document, come on, man. You're just jealous because you can't see it. I don't can't give see it. it. It's it's this thing is jealous. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're jealous, man. That's, that's a, what it that's is. A good one, man. It just drives you nuts that there's all this technology in there and you can't see it. No, it's, I, I don't make a living ripping people off, you know, like, <laughs> values, man. So, so why I do you don't think- want, I don't want in on the action. So why do you think it's ridiculous then? Because you're, you're pimping out this whole secret document. Like it's, so why does that bother you? I think it's uh well, it doesn't bother me. I just think it's ridiculous. Good answer. Good answer. But I mean it has to it like, has to evoke negative feelings for you to think it's ridiculous, right? It's not really negative, but like how desperate to be cool are you, you know, like making up your <laughs> secret documents and <laughs> Like having all these plans and <laughs> do you think I you're think like, that it's like you think you're Doctor Evil or something? <laughs> do you think that I think this document makes me cool? Yes, 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 I do. Okay, how how do you get that impression? Because you're always like pimping it, and you're like you're throwing Dude, it you... around like you like it's like you're talking about it but then you're not talking about it you Jonathan... brought it up dude you said tactical <laughs> trade team i didn't even say anything about it oh man john it's basically like you're like you know what you're back in like elementary school and you're just like hey i'm having a party at my house but you're not invited only the cool <laughs> kids are invited <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, can i get some yeah. uh insight onto what the secret document is oh, no you don't it's know... a secret it, okay so <laughs> So, like, from my perspective, it's like this, okay? I like to say what I'm working on on Twitter, okay? I like to talk about the things. Like, I talk about when we're casting. I talk about whatever I'm doing, okay? But the thing is, is I can't say exactly what's in this document. So I talk about the document not because it's like, hey, I'm having a party and you're not invited. It's because I'm just trying to give as much information as I can without spoiling the document. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a newscaster saying, there is no such thing as the B-3 bomber. It's just a rumor, guys. We cannot talk about the B-3 bomber. <laughs> it's like, you know, wh- what does that make people like, what the fuck's the B-3 bomber? Like, what are, what are they doing? Like, what, what the hell's going on? You know, whereas before, they're just like, la, 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 you know, living their happy little lives. Yeah, so like, I should not talk about the things I'm working on? No, I mean, that's fine, but at least be consistent. Be like, yo, be right back in 15, bathroom break, got to take a massive piss. You know, like, <laughs> like that's also like stuff we're not going to see in person, right? Well, I don't know, maybe. It depends <laughs> if we hang out, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think there's a problem with me sharing what I'm working on if I just can't give all the details. You guys don't sit there and bitch at Evan Irwin when he says, I have a secret project I'm working on that's awesome, right? Do you think that's ridiculous? Do you think Evan Irwin? I don't. I don't. I don't think these guys follow Evan Irwin, though. So. 
<laughs> really? No, I, I do follow him, but I, I don't give him a rat's ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think it's ridiculous when he does that? So basically, no, but the thing is, you're you're talking about it too much. I think I haven't said it. You said it, not me. Right? It's in your no, brain, I mean, man. I mean, outside, because like you had this whole article about it this week. So, <laughs> oh, I wrote but an like, article about the structure of the team because I think that it could benefit people who want to do the same thing. I'm just yeah, not going to yeah, give all the secrets from this, the document. Yeah, uh, I bet the document is just a blank paper, and Medina's like, ha-ha, you fuckers. It's like, you know? pound, suck it, right on the document. That's all it it's says. It's like, you think you're so special stealing this document? Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like, oh. the article was to encourage people to make their own trade teams and to give them an insight into what it is. But I'm not going to sit there and give the doc The document, if I gave it out, it wouldn't be fair to the people who are on my team. Because we're all working on this document as a live document, you know? It's okay, Frank. I know you feel left out, man. It's all right. Yeah, because you had a party at your house and you didn't invite Frank. I didn't invite Frank, and he's pissed. And it reminds him of all the times when these kids had these parties at at their house and they didn't invite him. And then now he's like, Medina's a jerk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's right. Talking about trading and stuff, Medina, I took a page out of your book and... I made myself a trade binder from a bunch of cards I had. Oh, that's sick. And, and then I went out and tried to trade with people, and then I realized how fucking boring it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, you, you got know, look- I, I actually traded with That's Not Funny, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious, Frankie? Because if that's a joke, it's just not funny. <laughs> I, I, and I, I probably did bad for you guys because I traded him his last, his fourth uh, Igmont Nexus. What'd you get for it? Uh, random uh, crap. Like what? I got a misstep. Uh, I think uh, two mirror superions and uh, something else. Dude, you ripped that kid, man. You ripped them hard. You ripped them hard, man. Mirror Superion, you think, is the superior side of the trade? Yeah, well, he's, those are like four bucks on Star City. Are they really? Wow. Yeah, uh, and the, I and guess that's mis- why you're the financial guru. And the misstep is six on Star City, so that's ten already. And then you got two Mirror Superions. So I think you, I got a Molten Dragon to... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. upped him by six on Star City. Well, Inkmark Nexus is out of stock at 10. <laughs> yeah, but it's 10. We can't go by the prices that are not existent, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so we always go on wild tangents on this, uh, on this cast. So after I lost to Felix LePay, <laughs> he's, uh, he's still trying to finish his report. He's like, Kyoji's, we gotta finish this, guys. Can you please let me finish? I, Stop okay, it. Okay, spoiler. You didn't make it, right? I didn't make it. I finished, <laughs> I finished in ninth with like ridiculous tiebreakers at 72%, but so I, I still felt good. Uh, don't know what I'm playing for Providence. Probably Audible to Merfolk if I don't find anything because it's the deck, that or Affinity, two decks that I've the most experience with and, uh, We'll see. I definitely want to try Reanimator, though. Um, <laughs> get taxes, baby. Man, that yeah. card's so sick. I feel it's... I mean, the in Jerry's upcoming article, you know, and he mentioned that 
Reanimator was his backup deck for this past weekend. Drew has mentioned that he's been playing around with it, and uh, Alex, I asked Alex to ship me a list, and uh, then I think Reed Duke on SCG has a list too. So there's a bunch to check out, and I just want to try it out. It doesn't, I mean. It gains misstep, but it also misstep is really good against the deck, so it's interesting to see how viable this deck is. Well, KYT, how did you also, you, you play on Tuesday, of course, with uh, with me and Rob, right? And what was your record altogether? You lost round one because you appeared against me, and then you lost to me. You won after that, though, right? Um, I beat some crappy aggro green-white deck, I guess. I wouldn't say crappy, but it was one of those like beginner... Legacy players that have like that plays cards that you know I don't really see in Legacy, and then dude, his I deck did... was a friggin' precon. Okay, his deck was a precon. Period. <laughs> and you lost a game. Don't lie. I did lose. Hey, I did lose a game. But, and, but and you uh, said you wouldn't call it crappy, but you just like your first descriptor of the deck was a crappy green white deck. Like even before saying the colors of the deck, crappy. Crappy. <laughs> precon green white deck. Um. I mean, I did lose a game, like Rob said, uh, and lost, but I ended up losing against Affinity in the last round, because I feel the, the matchup is, like, really tough unless you have hate cards in your sideboard, and so, you know, with Merfolk, I feel like I have to dodge these these particular matchups, like, I just have no chance against, like, the green decks, like I said, Affinity, and, you know, that's, that's the only reason why I'd shy away from it, but, you know, I, I was... Beating the Dreadnought deck, Show and Tell, um, other other decks, I had uh, I felt pretty good about the deck. Otherwise, so still still on consideration on my list. I don't think so it's... so. Basically, if the meta game is a bunch of precons, you probably shouldn't play this deck. <laughs> no, he beat the precon, John. No, I did beat. The no, pre-con. but he did lose a game though. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think he won by variance, dude. <laughs> Well, I mean, so, I, I'm, I think, like, you know, I said before, I think Merfolk is overrated, and I, that doesn't mean that it's a bad deck. It just means it's like everybody keeps on saying, oh, my God, Merfolk is so good, it's the best deck, I gained the most from this step. I'm like, the deck's fine, but it's not, like, amazing, amazing, you know? It's not going to, like, auto-win you a tournament. It's okay, really but good, what's especially the... against someone playing Islands, but when, like, you're playing against decks that don't play Islands, it's pretty hard. So what's the amazing deck, then? Well, um, we, it's hard to say, right? But uh, the Jerry T deck has uh, pretty good results, right? Yeah, would you say that deck's amazing? I have played it a bit. I'm not, like, super impressed, but that's partly because I just don't like that type of deck. Like, I'd much... I, I really like being able to control the game and then, like, finish it quickly. Like, be able to put some sort of clock on my opponent uh-huh. rather than just be entirely reactive. Like, that deck's, you know, like, 40 counter spells, 20 lands. Like, that's kind of the deck, right? I love that <laughs> deck. I love decks like that. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like the... You know what that deck reminds me of? It's like the blue-red deck that Jerry T made. It was just, like, four Inferno Titans, seven Jaces, only four that could win you the game. And then, like... No, no, only three that could win you the game. And then, like, counter spells. And that's it. It was awesome. You just yeah. counter everything. You play an Inferno Titan and win. Rob, that's how I beat you, right? <laughs> In Provincials. 
Oh, with the red red blue deck. I played like some red blue deck with a lot. Like it's from Jerry, who had a lot of counter spells, and Rob was like, "What?" <laughs> it's really frustrating to play against. <laughs> yeah, see, and that was the deck. It was awesome. It was just like counter, play a land, go counter, play a land, and then like you get the six lands, and you're like Inferno Titan. And by then they're just like totally on tilt and have like three cards in their hand. <laughs> it's sick. Yeah, so like I like this Jerry T list. It's awesome. Uh, I feel like you need an answer to Thrun, probably uh, Phyrexian Manamorph. I think or Me- Metamorph. Like tech. I think that's the tech. Man, John Medina with the tech against wow. the deck and the tech against his tech. Yeah. Wow. Who I'm else? already Who like else? three levels ahead of everyone. <laughs> Including yourself, including myself. Which what's the what's the best Thrun deck? Probably right Team now. America. Hmm. I don't know, KYT. You think you could manage to play a Thrun deck without playing a second Thrun? I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you just like take the two tomb. There's some uh, Team America decks that are running like four Bobs, two Tomb Stalkers, and four um, whatever. Tarmogoyf. Uh, so, like, I think you just take out the two Tomb Stalkers and put in two Thrun. Hmm. You had her here first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like Standstill. I don't know. I, I don't mind this kind of deck strategy, but I find Standstill to be a little bit weird, because, like, it seems really bad against Merfolk, and not the kind of thing you want to be playing against, like, aggressive decks. So, I mean, I don't really get it. <laughs> Maybe yeah, the I'm, real thing that changed is that you can like misstep their one drop, then play a standstill, and then just like draw three cards off of that, and then force the next thing or whatever, and then just keep going. I think the other thing is you should add to this deck like two Decree of Justice. So that'll yeah. give you another another win condition. And like, because the the Merfolk thing, the problem is you can counter their one drop, then you can play a standstill, but then you have to fight their lands, and you have. You have six and they have eight. So this is a problem. Uh, yes, partly. I mean, the, the thing is, you can't really, like, just add Decree of Justice to the deck. Like, the deck doesn't really need more win conditions. It has enough win conditions. Like, with a control deck like that, you want to actually, ideally, you want to have, like, one win condition, right? It's, like, your perfect kind of plan. Because you're just eventually going to draw it and you have so many counters, you're just going to smack it down. Yeah, of course. But, like... And so you don't really want more win conditions. Like, you don't want to draw a Decree of Justice when you need to, like, answer something. Like, you know, your opponent, like, pops your standstill and you draw Brainstorm, Brainstorm, Decree of Justice, and you're like, isn't that fucking beautiful? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he, like, made this, he made the same argument for exactly, top. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same argument as against top, which is in the deck, which is basically that, like, your mana is really precious in the deck. And obviously, yeah. if you land a standstill and you're both staring at each other for a long time, then, like, Decree of Justice awesome. is really good. But, yeah. like, the thing is, that situation, like, doesn't come up enough... It doesn't come up as much as, like, the situation where you lose because you draw a Decree of Justice instead of something else. Yeah, I mean, if people want to read the Jerry T article, they could just do that at StarCityGames.com. <laughs> I'm giving people something else to think about. It might be incorrect, but it's something else to think about. I mean, I read the Jerry T article, too, and I said it nonetheless. <laughs> oh yeah? Sorry, yeah. I, I didn't see the Jerry T article and I saw a Drew Levin article. The Drew Levin article, that's what I meant. Alright. 
<laughs> All right, he says. Thank you, thank you for your input, Jonathan. With you, you're welcome. I made yeah. it, but I don't have premium. Man, you've reformed Alex. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> See, all you have to do is fire his ass, and then he steps in line, dude. <laughs> oh man, do you have a haircut like Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And by that, do you mean he's missing like most of the hair in the middle of his head? <laughs> that was, there goes the that was awkward. <laughs> I ask you a question. Do I have hair like Donald Trump? Yeah. Is that a serious question? It's on, a serious sir. question, man. I don't have hair like Donald Trump. Do, For do real? I need, do I need to turn on the video? Show you? No, the, no, 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 no video. <laughs> no video, dude. Here it comes. Here it comes, dude. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was just thinking of a movie called Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I never seen that movie. Me neither, but it just it's, the title seemed appropriate. Ah, uh, I see. John doesn't watch movies, remember? No I movies, watch, no sports. I watch movies. What are you talking no. about, dude? I watch all kinds of movies. I don't watch sports. Um, yeah, he's seen instructional movies on how to trade. He's like, oh, so I've that's seen- how you do it. <laughs> yeah, like who's going to treat people? It's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, but with magic cards. <laughs> I've gotten so many emails. They're just like, hey, dude, why are you trading magic cards? Why don't you trade stocks? <laughs> I'm like, oh, because I play with magic cards. They're way, f- they're way funner. <laughs> Maybe you should make an instructional video. It'd be funny. <laughs> I think. Oh, check this out. Have you guys seen that inside the deck with uh, on the magic show? I have not. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about it last week. Yeah, we did. It, yeah, so um, I think they're gonna do an inside the deck about trading and the TTT. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's going down this weekend. So this is also gonna be like something where they basically have a whole lot of like discussion, but you don't actually find out anything about the TTT. So oh, you'll see us. In, you'll see us in action, but you're still not gonna see the document. So I'm having this party at my house. But Frank, you're not invited. <laughs> you're well, I didn't such want to a go bastard. Oh, I love it. Frank with the honesty. <laughs> you know what, though? The listeners love it, too. They love Frank. Like, nobody says anything negative about Frank. They're always just like, more Frank. His timing's impeccable. Yeah, I think I've read two comments where they say that stop listening if Frank was gone, so. So, your, your job is safe, Frank. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah I'm the job. fool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was John's job. The knowledgeless fool. That's different. I'm the knowledgeless well, yeah. fool. Who only trades cards, okay? You have to remember that part. <laughs> oh, he's, man. He's good at something. He's good at something, guys. Let's give him some credit. Um, a, a round of applause for Jonathan Medina. A round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Is, just in our heads, guys. Just in our heads. Oh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Is there uh, anything other deck in Orlando we want to talk about before we wrap this up? Yes. Go ahead, John. <laughs> um, hold on a second here. Okay, so I thought there was another deck. Let me just look. Dude, you caught me off guard with this thing. I'm sorry. I mean, clock Nazis, you're always supposed to be prepared for what me. What about Grindstone? Yeah, I thought that deck was sick. That's the one I wanted to talk about. Like, they went down to one Lion's Eye Diamond, and they have this ridiculous, um, 
combo out of the sideboard where you can get infinite mana with Oriox Salvagers, right? Right. So I thought that was awesome. That was in the old list, was it? Uh, I'm not sure. I actually have not paid that much attention to the Painter Grindstone decks. You found, yeah, you this... found my weak point, Jonathan Medina. <laughs> oh man, I wish I knew something about him so I could just like rub it in your face. <laughs> what is it that you want me to explain? Um, I don't know. Just talk about it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have anything like questions about it. I understand how it works. Why did he only run three misstep? That seems kind of weird. I guess uh, the all I can really figure out is uh, things that he needed to cut. I mean, clearly you want four painter and four grindstone. Uh, Goblin Welder is a is a real house in the deck. You can do all kinds of stuff with your artifact lands and swapping shit in and out. So you don't really need more than one LED or anything. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about the list either. Like, I guess intuition is just to find your missing combo piece. You can you can weld them out and things like that. It's pretty resilient to stuff like uh, swords because you can, like, intuition for, like, let's say three painters, you play one, and then if they sort it, you can just swap it for another one or what have you. And, I mean, it's pretty much the combo is just playing Painter and Grindstone, and you've got protection with your forces and missteps. And after board, this guy's actually running a Bomberman package on the board where he can go infinite with LED, Oriox Salvagers, and uh, um, Pyrite Spellbomb, which is pretty interesting. But, I mean, I don't really... I'm not really uh, too in tune on Grindstone decks either. Uh, I mean, he's got uh, the Ancient Tombs and Cities for, like a bit of acceleration and mox opals to like ramp up his mana a bit. But I'm not sure, like I don't really understand Magus of the Moon and uh like one ancient grudge in the board when there doesn't appear to be any green anywhere. Like I I don't I don't know. The grudge is so he can intuition and then he uses it uh with the moxes. Yeah, he does have the moxes, it's true. But yeah. it's still like seems pretty situational I think. Uh, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know his list like is a little weird. I didn't know like the that this Oriox Salvager is called like a Bomberman package. It's from Vintage. Um, that's what it's 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 uh, spell bombs. I mean, in Vintage you use Black Lotus clearly, but uh, yeah, you go infinite by you draw your your deck with because uh, LED or Black Lotus plus Oriox Salvagers gives you infinite mana, uh-huh. and then if you have any spell bomb you can draw your deck with pyrite spell bomb you can just shoot them for two repeatedly yeah mm. see like i didn't know like it's funny because i used to play vintage right and i never seen the the bomberman deck but it was popular like right before i started playing vintage so like people were still talking about it when i started to play vintage they were like oh yeah i might run bomberman and like i always thought bomberman was like talking about trinket mage Right, because Trinket Mage was always in that deck, but um, it makes total sense now with the Salvager and the reason the Trinket Mage was there to fetch your bombs, so you can uh, you can drop bombs with the Salvager. That's awesome. I never knew that. I, I learned something today. <laughs> Man, you you thought that uh, Trinket Mage was Bomberman instead of uh, Oriox Salvagers? That's yeah, not as bad well, as Kyt. Man, he he. You know you know what a barn is in Magic, right? Yeah. Okay. I, well, I like have a bunch of them. I, I know all about that. Can like <laughs> explain just, to I'm our listeners joking. who don't know what it is? What it is? Okay, so um, I just actually just learned what this is. So if you don't know what it is, don't feel bad. Uh, so a barn is short for barnacle, 
which means like if you guys know what a barnacle is, it's like those things that stick on the side of ships, you know? So like a barnacle in the magic world would be somebody who like just like sticks to typically like a pro or like someone famous, you know, like Frank, you know, <laughs> might have a bunch of barnacles. So that's that's what I understand it from. Yeah, that's correct. KYT, what did you think it was before? Or I, uh, okay. I've, I've forgotten. I don't know if I even mentioned this on the A-Team or not, or if well, I would just mentioned it to you guys in I particular. I think it was just you you and me and Doug P. were, uh, were, were talking and you know, about barn, and, and you're like, it's, it's a barn because a barn has a lot of van- different types of animals, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I said something to that effect, yeah. Just yeah. like a barn oh. has a lot of different cards. And oh, like, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, typically when they're like, uh, you know, a barnacle or a barn will loan the pro cards because they want to, like, be accepted by them, you know? So, like, you know, it's come, it's become a term, like, I'm going to barn some cards off you, you know? Like, I'm going to, you know, take cards from you because you're a barnacle. That's how I understood it. Right, I think that's what it means. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, because a barn is a type of building also. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, I'm checking Wikipedia just to make sure. An agricultural building. Yeah. So I always thought the barn was the person lending out cards, because he's like the guy with a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's well, the how- one lending out cards, but it's because he wants to be accepted, not because he's like, like a Banff, you know? Don't, don't confuse Banff with barn. You know, they're two different things. Right. So. <laughs> so, like, I didn't know that, like, Ari Arc Salvagers was even in the Bomberman deck. And, like, if you look at Bomberman, he looks like Trinket Mage. So, like, I was just, like, I thought Bomberman was only Trinket Mage. I didn't know there was this whole other aspect. But anyways, the whole thing is, like, the three missteps here. I thought that maybe he could cut the Nihil Spell Bomb for the... The fourth misstep, but I don't know if that's correct. Like I remember, I, I was I was watching uh, Jerry T play uh, play against it in the in the top eight. Oh yeah. And uh, Drew Levin actually said on like he, he was uh, he was sitting in the booth and he he said like the the three misstep seemed like a misstep. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I also didn't get in that match. Is like he pretty much had Jerry T, right? He was like milling him, and then like arbitrarily he's just like, I'm gonna cast an intuition now and try to win a different way. And I'm like, why did he do that? Do you know why he did that? Am I just an idiot? Is there something I was missing? I I didn't I didn't see that play because I, I I like I was wa- like I was uh, <laughs> I was watching on and off you know well, well basically, I wasn't actually watching but I think the answer to your first question is yes your second question I don't know the answer <laughs> <laughs> so like so like what happened was uh, Jerry T played a standstill on top of a grindstone okay so then this guy just started grinding him okay. And so then it got down to the point where he could have grinded him like four more times and Jerry would have, um, if he would have got like two runs where it's like the same color card, then uh, he would have won because then he could have broke Jerry's standstill. Okay, so like instead of continually grinding him, he broke the standstill with an intuition and then like went and got a, 
one of those things, uh, the ancient grudge, and then like a couple of trinket mages, and he tried to go for the Bomberman package, like, and all of this is like taking up mana and time, where he could have just grinded him. So I didn't understand why he did that. Well, it's very possible it was a mistake, right? It wouldn't be the first time there's a mistake on camera in the top eight of the SCG. In fact, if there weren't any mistakes, it'd probably be the first time there weren't any, right? Yeah, yeah, but I just didn't... I I don't know, maybe there was an angle that I was missing, like maybe he couldn't mill him, or I don't know. Well, the other possibility is one that you're never going to hear from me again. Maybe you're right, Jonathan Medina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! I'm probably right. It's probably what it is. Is this deck actually uh, something we should be testing? I think this deck is awesome. So, uh, Rob, can you get it ready for me sometime this week? (laughs) Okay. Sure, why not? I mean, I want to, like, if none of us have experience with it, I think we definitely need to test it out. The thing with Legacy is there's just so many decks that it's very hard to have experience with, like, all of them. So it's really, uh, you know, if I was, I'm still, you know, hopping around. I'm not sure what deck I'm going to play at Providence. And a friend of mine said, just pick a deck and, like, practice it and get good at it. And that's more, like, being, knowing what your deck does is more important than, like, having, you know, the best deck by far. Because there's just so many decks in the format and it's hard, like, you're never going to have a good matchup against every single one. And so you just pick something so. and play well and win. Like, I find in Legacy is one of the formats where you, get punished the most for your mistakes. This coming from the know-it-all. Yeah, this <laughs> know-it-all over there. Says he doesn't have a clue, so... Well, he made a mistake and he got fired, so he was punished for it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we welcome him back with open arms because that's what we do here at Crazy Talk, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I think everybody believes you, Jonathan. Yeah, th- they all believe me, of course. Yeah, they're like, yeah, for sure Alex got fired and like came back the same cast he was fired. Oh, the by the way, happened. guys, Alex didn't get fired, in case you didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> just, just want to clear that up, because he came back and he was just like, psych, and then we just started casting. So maybe Wait, some people are still like, yeah, exactly. Maybe some people are like that. Don't don't tell him he was listening in the whole time, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody's as smart as you, John. I know. That's why the average IQ is 100. Listen, guys, this is show business. Get used to it. There's a lot of dirty tricks that go on behind the scenes. Yep. Uh, you guys are just going to have to uh, be perplexed. At yeah, the... like Frank, Frank and KYT have spent a lot of time together, you know, going to shopping malls and stuff. A lot of times, you know, picking out curtains. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I saw them go to the bathroom together once. We're regular girlfriends. Well, speaking of that, I'll just do a little sideline here. Okay, so, like, the most awkward thing happened to me at the card shop the other day. Um, this was, like, I- I'm not going to say the day, okay? <laughs> so, like, I go to the card shop. I'm playing and uh, trading, and I need to take a piss. So I'm just, like... I usually try to wait till I have to get home to take a piss because I was kind of on my way out anyways. But I'm like, nah, I don't want to hold it. I'm just going to go take a piss now. <laughs> so I go to the back, and the, the bathroom is like you go to the back of the store, and then you take like a right, and then you go into this like like the back back of the store where like there's 
not even the walls are painted really, you know. And then you walk down the hallway and then there's like a dark room right there, which you're always kind of worried like someone's going to just jump out and try to, you know, beat you down or something. So then finally you get to the restroom, right? So it's all the way in the back, like hidden from everyone. So like I get to the restroom, I go to open the door and it's locked, right? And so someone's in there. And I'm like, oh, crap. I knew, like, deciding to take a piss now was, like, the worst idea. So, like, I'm standing there waiting, and this chick walks out. She opens the door, walks out, right? So I'm like, oh, hi. How's it going? You know? So I go to walk in, and there's a dude (laughs) in the restroom, like, washing his hands. And this is, like, a one-person restroom. So I'm just apparently like, not. Apparently not. I'm like awkward. <laughs> he just looks at me. He's like, uh, you know, hey, and I'm like, hey, dude, uh, you finished here? So, because I need to take a piss. Man, you didn't just like give him a high five. You're like, yeah, bathroom in a magic store. That's got to be like <laughs> achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because the chick looked at me like, how long were you standing there? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you should have winked at her or something. <laughs> I should have been like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> you didn't hear any, like, Hey, shouts, I'm next. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear any shouts as you were approaching, like, oh, Jace, oh, Jace. No, no, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. I didn't even know that there was two people in there until I, like, went in there and I'm like, oh, there's a dude washing his hands. I'm like, kudos, man. Good thing you're washing your hands. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people wouldn't even wash their hands. Don't wash your hand. That's the question. Oh, I don't know. Man, the, old fa- the old Fast and Fast store, the only good thing about it, besides obviously the people and having cards and stuff, was the bathroom was separate room from like the sink for washing hands. So you could always tell who had washed their hands and who hadn't. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there were some people, some, one guy once came out, you know, from like spending a large amount of time, let's say, in the bathroom area, comes out, you know, after you hear a flush, and he's like, oh, I'm paired against you, good luck, and he offers me to shake his hand. I'm like, no, thanks, buddy. Can you get the guy at the next table to cut my deck? <laughs> well, I get, you oh, kind of touch to it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just gross. <laughs> Clock Nazi time. <laughs> I think I think we had a great show. I think uh, I think Rob epic. Rob has been an awesome guest, and uh, I think it's time to wrap Thank it up. Thank you. So, uh, Rob, any shout outs that you would like to uh, give? Uh, hmm. I guess just the Fast and Fast crew, Peter Sacklass and Joey Smith, who's our new employee. Uh, good job on the work. Hopefully our store will be more organized so we can make big bucks and buy lots of stuff in Providence. And, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, Medina's mom, uh, last <laughs> night or whatever you guys say, or, okay, that's about it. Man, she's been cheating on me. <laughs> and my dad, apparently. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to uh, our homeboys, uh, the A team, Jesse, uh, Scotty, and uh, Jay Bush, because uh, they they uh, they finally gave me my own shout out on their show, and uh, I'm a big fan of theirs. And uh, I think I think it's uh, they're one of the reason like that I started podcasting because I, I started listening to them and listening to more podcasts and. Uh, 
it's uh, it's nice to get some love from them, and uh, I'm a big fan of theirs. So, uh, and also UKYT, the ringleader. <laughs> Thank and you. Definitely, the A team is legit, guys. If you're not listening to them, you should. They're a must listen to every week. Every week. I and, agree. Uh, even though, like one one of the possibly the head host tends to, you know, f- play his favorite magic act of making himself disappear. <laughs> you know? Like I, he's I don't know. You've gotten better at that though, KYT. Like I actually, think, you know, I actually hear you talk now sometimes. Though often, think, like they're like, oh, sorry, Medina. Like I'll, I'll let you finish in a second. Yeah, yeah go ahead. And uh, you know, often they're like, you know, so KYT, what do you think? Like they're always, you know, KYT, what do you think? And you know, they're like KYT. If we don't ask him what he thinks, he's not going to say anything. It's like, are are we even sure he's really there? <laughs> I think you talk more on this cast, KYT, than than on 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 the A team. I do. I think people have uh, have said that. I mean, even though we have strong personalities, of course, on this cast as well. I don't know why that is. Uh, guess you guys like making fun of my lack of legacy knowledge. I don't know what it is. Uh, but, uh, or because I know Alex and Frank in real life and, and I feel I can own the cast a bit more. I don't know. I don't know what it is. We bring out the best in you, bro. That's <laughs> <laughs> But our biggest troll, okay, I'll, I'll get that to our, our shoutouts uh, later, but uh, our biggest troll, Drew, or at least the biggest Alex troll, Said that between the A team and Crazy Talk, I'm, I'm the best host in MTG podcasting. So shout outs to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah shout seriously, shout outs, shout outs to that guy. Like, thanks for all the love, guy. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I guess I am, I am a pretty terrible human being, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to second the shout out to Drew for having my back, you know. Uh, everyone knows, you know, Alex can be a little bitch sometimes, but, uh, we all, we all love him. Whoa, there's nothing little about me, okay? All right. <laughs> I can be a bitch, but nothing little, okay? That's right, that's right. Think, Big bitch, sorry. John, right. you weren't the first one to ask me if Drew was Drew Levin, but obviously it's not. It's some uh, someone named Andrew, and uh, I thank him for, like, he trolled, he, well, not trolled, but he, he gave a very negative comment on Alex, etc. But then, at least later on in the comment section, if you read, he actually elaborates the point more about exactly what he thinks, and I think... Other people with negative comments have done so as well, saying, like, you know, we don't think Alex should leave the cast. He just has to tone it down a little. And, you know, as part of this group, I really appreciate that they took the effort to do that. So so I didn't ask you if it was Drew Levin, did I? You might have on Skype once, like, out of curiosity or something. I don't know. Dude, that was supposed to be t- between us, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this was a while ago. Not this not this cast. He's been oh, commenting. That's fine. Anything I tell you in confidence, as long as it's a while later, you can just bring it up on a random <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Frank, finish up. Let's let's always let Frank, Frank finish up his shout-outs. My shout-outs? Well, yeah. I, I gave them. Okay, so just to the A team. A team, you guys rock. Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I guess, I guess I have to give a shout out also to, uh, that's not funny, you know? Oh, yeah. Because I, apparently I screwed him in the trade, and, uh, <laughs> so that was good, good beats for me. And but that was funny. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that's not but funny. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to play him again, cause like, now I, 
I'm gonna try to get into my mental game and like <laughs> you're ready <laughs> torture him a bit, you know, like he's gonna ask me out a sideboard. I'm gonna be like, "Fuck you, man! <laughs> I'm not telling you." <laughs> I don't think you will. I think he's gonna. You're too nice, and he's gonna win again. The mental game that is. Just one more uh, thing about that guy. When I sat down to play him, he asked me to scoop because he had to uh, catch his last bus, and I said no. <laughs> and then he beat me, and he stuck around for like 40 minutes after that. So I don't know. That's not funny. <laughs> it would have been even funnier if you did scoop, and then he stuck around for 40 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Alex. Um. Yeah, actually, shout-outs to everybody who left a comment on last week's cast, uh, whether whether you left were left one positive towards me or not. Just thanks for leaving a comment. It's cool that you guys care so much. And, uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and also, anti-shout-out to all of you who left a negative comment towards me. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you all. You guys suck. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna keep on doing this, cause for those of you who, uh. <laughs> you can hear people going like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are you saying that you hear voices, KYT? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm also gonna give a shout out to the guy I'm playing on Moto, uh, David E2125661, who has <laughs> cast Brainstorm and then disconnected. It's been about 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah. He's brainstorming, bro. Yeah, give him some time. Why, why do people put like a hundred numbers after your name, David five six seven three four seven five? It's like, come on, dude, seriously. First thing he said, I cast a Tide Hollow Sculler, and I thought for like a minute, and he typed in all caps, "Please hurry! Why are you taking so long?" <laughs> and uh, now he's uh, spent his ten minute brainstorm disconnected. So I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> all right. right. Oh, the guys with the numbers is like they're ex, they're from the U.S. They're ex-convict, and that that's their uh, their prison number. <laughs> well, why do you why do you assume they're ex-convicts? Yeah, well, I, I don't think they have uh, moto in prison. I don't think they have motto in prison to go with the ass rape, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Terrible. laughs> that's getting carned. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that it for you, Alex? No, actually, shout out to Jay Rich, Justin Richardson, who I think we shout out to before, but he ended up winning the GPT that both KYT and uh, Frankie did not do very well at. Well, I guess KYT did okay. They're better than expected, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he's got three buys to Providence. That's awesome. He's in my car, and uh, shout out to Dan. D Mac McDonald, uh, for, cause who's doing this, who, like, what we started as a joke, you know, just like, hey, D Mac, you should make a documentary about day in the life of D Mac. And, like, he actually is taking it seriously, and he's coming to Providence, and he has a guy, like, he's, who's, we're at film school, is gonna be filming it, and they've hired a sound guy, and they're, like, making this documentary for real, about, like, basically the personalities of people in the magic community and stuff. So it's too bad John Medina's not going to be there because that'd be that'd be sweet to get John interviewed. Oh man, I might have to just fly out for the interview. No. <laughs> and anyways, it's, 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 it's going to be pretty funny because uh, Dmax certainly a character, and 
what do you have that weekend, Jonathan? Is that stupid the uh, wedding anniversary thing or yeah, <laughs> stupid? Yeah. Oh man, stupid wedding anniversary. <laughs> Oh, I can't man. believe like you can't like you can't even negotiate your own wife, you know, like tell her like it's providence, man, it's magic, it's, it's more important like you can go out Dude. to dinner any day of the week, man. Dude, my wife only asks for so much. I mean, I do so much magic stuff and she doesn't even she doesn't even give me any static about it. So the one weekend she wants to do the <laughs> The you know thing I gotta I gotta give her I gotta give her her due you know. Whipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not whipped with your with your husband, right, Alex? No, I'm actually I'm actually not married. Oh, you're not married, so you I, I don't prefer, know how I you're prefer talking leaving about. freedom. Okay. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, David five six two eight nine three just lost <laughs> due to inactivity. <laughs> Thanks for, uh, thanks for the update, Rob. <laughs> couldn't resolve that brainstorm. Oh, man. Oh. Brainstorm's complicated. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I am now done my shout-outs. Thank you for waiting. You may finish up Jonathan Medina. All right. Uh, Shout-out to Felix LePang. <laughs> He's got an awesome deck that I want to run. If someone would just send me the damn deck list. I'm looking in my inbox. I see no deckless guys. Get on that. Well, we would trade it for a TTT. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh yeah, that, that's what it's gonna take. Eh? <laughs> Come on, man, take it down. <laughs> oh, we'll talk after the cast. <laughs> so, um, uh, you and I are not on speaking terms, Jonathan. That's oh yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, me and Alex are not going to talk. That guy's a douchebag. Um. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, 38 comments. Uh, I just want to wow. give a, a shout out to our listeners. You guys are freaking awesome. Like, not because, like, 90% of you had my back in this Medina versus Alex thing. I mean, that is awesome. But it's just awesome that you leave so much feedback and you guys care about seeing the show succeed. Um, it's something that you guys enjoy weekly. We enjoy doing it. And uh, I think it's just awesome. Thanks for uh, the feedback and thanks for listening. So everyone who left a comment, um, including the people who left a negative comment for me, but I don't think there was really anyone who did that. But if you did, still give you a shout-out. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's all my shout-outs for this week. I had, like, a bunch. Sorry, guys, whoever I missed. I had a bunch of shout-outs for you guys. Jonathan, ninety percent. I think I think you really need to like go back to school and learn math. Uh, I have selective reading, so I just pretty much read the people who agree with me, and the other people I just tune out. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, unless it was really harsh, and that's like the ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, no, don't worry. We we all love you, Jonathan. Yeah, you're I love just, you guys too, man. You know, you're unique. God only made one of you. That's right. Thanks for that. <laughs> I still, I still want to be ki- yeah, killing God, guys. God doesn't make that many mistakes, you know. <laughs> yeah, he made a mental misstep there, I guess. Oh man, I broke the mold, and here I am. You guys got to deal with me, you know. Alex, you have one more shout out. <clears throat> no, uh, my my shout out was to John's uh, ma- superior math skills. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna reiterate what John said. Shouts all. The people left not only comments on MattonDeprived.com, but MTGCast. I've just checked. We got four. 
and um, that makes 42 total, and that's that's quite a lot for one episode. And uh, wow, well, when Alex says he's going to leave, I mean, people well, pay attention. You know, yeah, what I mean? people people pay attention. For the so. record, I never said I was going to leave. That was KYT saying Alex might leave or just take an extended break. Well, he has a problem sure saying right things that people say in confidence, you know? It's kind of like, well, that was a while ago. Or maybe yeah. yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, so, Alex said that before we even started podcasting the first time, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so specifically Drew and CPA13, they left really negative comments, but like I said, expanded on them, and the, the CPA guy left more KYT at the end of his first comment, so... I don't get that too much, so thanks. Um, and uh, thanks to all of you. Thanks to Rob, especially, for taking the time. Um, I know that there's a lot of card soaring to do at the store, so it's good that you could take your time to be here with us. Uh, no, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know what deck I'm going to play. What should I test? Okay, you guys tell me in the comments, Reanimator or Painter's... Servant or grindstone, right? Like reanimator. Alex. Oh, I thought you wanted us. Okay, you guys, you guys can give. You guys can pitch in too. Hmm. I think you should test the painter grindstone deck because I, I, that's like completely unknown to me. So I would be interested to know how it does. Right. I have all the cards for that one. That's for sure. Well, you have cards for both. (laughs) Yeah. Like, most, most likely. You played Reanimator before. So. The thing is, I like my Reanimator that I was playing. Like it wasn't very good. Like it needed more work. And like there's not like I haven't seen a list like that. Like like the new list, you know. We 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 kind of haven't seen them yet. So. Okay. Um. And I'm, Rob, I'm, it's a it's a little bit more unknown, you know. Right. I know, I know, like, I've seen lists that play four Jinkataxia, so, um, wow. definitely gonna see, try, try that. Like, a Reed Duke's list plays that, that many. What's and, the logic uh, behind playing four? I think we all, Careful like, study. You wanna be able to discard it. See, it's the first guy you wanna reanimate. Right. Okay. And then for the second one, you'll usually get, like, an Entomb, and they won't have any cards in hand, so. You'll, you'll be able okay. to get, like, pick the second one, usually, like, let's say Platinum Imperion or whatever. Which doesn't cost you any life to reanimate. I think Alex and Reed, and I think me also, think it's like the best first guy, right? And yeah, I mean, de- definitely. Like, as long as it doesn't get sorted on your turn or whatever, then you're drawing seven cards. Like, that's a lot of cards, in case you guys didn't know. <laughs> that's like how many you start with, right? <laughs> that's. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of cards. That's a lot of cards. All right, There's man. a lot of draw seven cards that are restricted. <laughs> and and Jerry said the only reason that that he thought that he wouldn't play Reanimator was he felt every time he had Jin Taxis in play, he needed Force of Will in his hand to win the game. So I don't know if I'm going to feel the same way, but we'll see if I end up playtesting this deck. Um, and we're done, I think. So, join us next time with Alex for the entire episode. (laughs) Yeah. See you guys later. Uh, Peace out. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs)
<laughs> oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that because I was gonna do that, but Me Frank too. took it home. <laughs> <laughs>